Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. I came here to spit on my father's face. I can't say it was a podcast. What's the line? I, I can't say it was a metaphor. I don't. The quotes <laughs> are bad for this. Yeah, I was trying wow. to find a quote in French so I could say <laughs> say it in French and then say podcast, and no one would even know what I was saying. Podcast. I, podcast. Podcast. That pod? Italian. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi, everybody. What, what do name, they say? Is that the word? Do they say podcast? Sure. Uh, I uh, look it up. Uh, my name is Griffin Newman. I have a French mother. Who stopped listening at this point? Uh, my name is David Sims. I, I lived in France. Okay, stop it. <laughs> no, we're hashtag gonna... the two friends, as you can tell by how well we're getting along right now. Yeah, wow. This is a podcast called Blank Check. On which blank we talk about... Uh, blank Check. Uh, let's see, let's see. Blank Le Check chèque. in French. Le blanc. Chèque blanc. Le Check Blanc. Check en Blanc. Check en Blanc. I guess, yeah. Because I think of Blanc as meaning white, but right. uh, I guess... This is this is the first French language film we have covered on the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, right? No, what else would there be? Right, right, yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, it's Hack the Clones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was translated into French and then back into no, English. I'll tell you this much: it wasn't in English. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, what was it? Dexter Jetster? There's no dictionary I ever read. You guys didn't do a um, Valerian spinoff. Did you? I'd Not that that counts. I mean, it. it's a French movie, but it's yeah. an English language. But if yeah. we did Luc Besson, yeah. which we've sort of vaguely discussed over the years, we as discussed a it. Potential, like uh, he has French movies, obviously. He has French films. Do. He has full stop French films. Uh, Nikita. Uh, yeah. Ange- Subway. Angela. <laughs> <laughs> which is about his quest to get a five dollar foot long. Yep. Subway. <laughs> Lucy. Lucy. She's a hard drive. <laughs> The lady, she is a computer. <laughs> she turns into a USB. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> so this is Let's our, just do this all day. This is our episode where we just do Luc Besson pitches. Uh, <laughs> Lucy too, she becomes a cloud computer. I don't know. Okay. Did, did he, he was threatening to make a Lucy Buku too? Buku the drugs in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, th- I mean, Lucy was such a hit. I mean, why wouldn't he You're threaten? Shit, but I, I just kept on going like, yeah, what, dude, what have happens? you seen the end of your own movie? <laughs> <laughs> she becomes the internet. <laughs> Spoiler. At the end the of Lucy, she becomes Lucy the internet. turns into a USB but She also, she resets existence doesn't she so. doesn't she rules. reboot that Who movie rules. shit i yeah, love that movie I, don't, I couldn't explain it but i that I movie pro it yes yeah exactly um uh, uh pro it who are you the executives at new line <laughs> <laughs> made a lot of money it was a very profitable film <laughs> are you gonna be in it too yet is that is that official yes it's gonna be me and 65 year old actors <laughs> do you know about this thing LA? no no i've been fan casted and it's been circulated a lot to play one of the grown-up oh, versions right, of one yeah. of the it kids yeah and it too, there it's supposed to be twenty eight years later, yeah. and I am twenty nine. Period. <laughs> so they're proposing a cast where it's like Christian Bale, <laughs> Jessica Chastain, someone who's under thirty. Which apparently, I got some city miles on me. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, teenagers are doing this list because they do not understand how aging. That is exactly what it is. It's that's a list true. that's being perpetuated by teenagers. Thank you to all my teen blankies. Um, this podcast about. Filmographies. Yeah, Emily didn't like that, and I agree. <laughs> Wait, I can't say. I'm not saying. What they're teen blankies. Blanky juniors. Yeah. What What do we call them? I don't know. 
I don't know. Little J- JV blankies. JV blankies. Yeah. JV blankies. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, podcast about filmographies. Directors have mass success early on in their career and are giving series of blank checks. Sometimes they clear and sometimes they bounce bibi. Sometimes they bonus episode? <laughs> yes. We, we're bouncing a bonus. Bouncing into a bonus. Beautiful bouncing baby. Yep. All four of us have owned up to being in a weird headspace today, right? <laughs> sure. The subway was bad. Emily like took the wrong train twice or but something. But didn't you also? No, I just uh, got to Fulton Street and a two train arrived instead of a five, like on the wrong platform because oh. there's like debris and yeah. then it would, like the subways were really slow. It was just it was just bad. Oh, just oh bad I, I legitimately got on the wrong train and then took it to Fulton Street in Brooklyn before I realized sure. my cool. mistake and then turned around and then missed my stop again. So. Uh, our guest today is, of course, the mother of blankies. That's right. Oh, hello, she's my talking. Children. Yes. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you hello, the mother of? <laughs> hello, my little baby. <laughs> oh boy. That's why you got so offended by the naming because you're the one who gets to name the blankies. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, I will not. I will not let anybody uh, dishonor my blankies with a name that they are not. It's not consensual. Uh, host of a new podcast. Not consensual. Mm, yes. Sibley here Sorry. in the Audio Boom <laughs> Network. <laughs> That's right. Yes, sister pod and sister cousin yes. cousine. I think it's a. I think it's a sister pod. I would so. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We're. So. I've got a new podcast uh, with Molly Lambert and Tess Lynch. Mm-hmm. It's called Night Call. It is on the Audio Boom Network. And bring, it, bring. is it self-produced? How, how do you? <laughs> <laughs> we just talk into cans and, yeah. you and know, no one's, hope no somebody one's sort of cl- clicks your horror. Working the board. There's uh, no one no, watching we, the monitor. We have one. <laughs> He's making a little, uh, what do you call those things? The, the little uh, do, 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 do. origami, David. Okay, fine. This is, a, this is such a loopy pot already. What, do you, what, do, what do you call a the fortune little, teller? Well, uh, yeah, that's right. Isn't there some like other a word for cootie catcher? Cootie catcher. Cootie catcher. But that's such a that's such, that's a, such a teenage. Right? Yeah. yeah. No. Um. I mean, but anyway, Ben Hosley, producer Ben. <laughs> no, I can't do it all. Do, I'm not do, it, do, it, do it. Do it. I believe in you. Do it. Uh, ben Sait, uh sure. the poet laureate, great, the fuck master. Yeah, he's done it. That's it. Those are the four. Those are all of them. Is that the new? That's the new canon. That's we can start canon. from there. Yeah, that'd be great, actually. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> that the one he he retains, the one specific is Ben Sait. The only one. <laughs> the reference to the canceled Netflix show. Yeah. Uh, I think it's one of the funniest. Well, Ailey funny. Benz with the dollar sign is also a really yeah. good one. It's funny because like, you have to explain it. Yeah, yes. it's like a hat and a hat and a hat. Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs> uh, but yes, our podcast is being produced by Ben, producer Ben, and um, we're really excited. It is. Uh, we have only done a test episode so far. Which, but we're recording this a while in advance. By the time yes. this comes out, you'll be we'll you'll be, be, top we'll of the be charts. yeah we'll be running and gunning and <laughs> doing ads for tampons and the whole the oh, whole yeah. night. tampon ads. Why don't we do some tampon ads, Ben? <laughs> Get on that. To. I don't sell uh, ads or do anything about that. <laughs> But I thought it'd be funny if I said that. Okay, yeah, I'll get you some tampon ads. <laughs> sure, no problem, David. I, I get you some tampon coupons if you want. I'm clipping from the. Why? <laughs> Why? Oh my god, Better the energy is sorry. super weird. Better um, safe than sorry. I don't know what that means. Like getting better shot. Better safe than sorry. All right. Okay. Well. All right. Uh, you better safe than sorry. No. I was trying to remember if chapeau is uh, feminine or masculine, so I could say un chapeau and un chapeau. But I think it's, I think un, it's, a, un it's male. Yeah. Un chapeau. 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 
I bet we all, between the three of us, we all speak like one French person's. Yeah, we could have a conversation. I think we could. If we like linked our brains into like. So therefore we are totally qualified to make all these goofy French accents. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, you know, dear friend of the show. Now, I mean, I think. Yes. You know, there's there's some accounting uh, uh, disputes over how many episodes you've been on because the Titanic was split into two. Right. Oh, sure. Oh, that was one. But you, that was one sit down. That was one, one sit down. So the, you're saying Podcast Reawakens. Right. Which Speed was racer. The, the bridge episode before we rebrand as Blank Check in which you came up with the term and, and you know, really kind of cast the die for I the think, future. Had you guys even decided on the name Blank we Check We were yet? sort of thinking about it. We were. Yeah. Because people wanted us to keep calling ourselves Griffin and David Present. <laughs> people were dug in on that name. The Present heads were angry. <laughs> No, so yeah, you're on the Speed Racer, you're on Titanic, uh, you were on Strange Days, so this would mark the fifth. This right? is officially Five Timers Club. So you get the jacket. Here's your bathrobe. Here's your jacket. Right, exactly. Um, Me one. <laughs> but but you're a big uh, Paul Verhoeven fan. I am. And we are trying to find a place to put you in. And you almost did Hollow Man, but you weren't that passionate about it. Well, I've never seen Hollow Man. Uh, I Hollow mean, I Man. Hollow Man. The least passionate you could possibly be. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, it's not. Yeah, and not intentional. It's just sure. I never got around to it. But I'm, I'm a big fan of the, especially the Hollywood stretch of movies. Sure. I've not seen all of his non-English sure. uh, language films. And then we we decided. Did we announce that this is a Podship Casters, the Paul oh, Verhoeven miniseries? Paul, Paul Verhoeven in Hollywood, but this is her b- 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 bonus episode. Right. In which we're doing one non-Hollywood film. Right. His most recent film. Right. Although oh. I'm hearing the nun movie is going to be a can. Oh my God! Um, there were uh, there were huge building high ads for the Nun movie What's at Cannes uh, this last year, and I was thinking, Oh my God, are they doing like screens of this? Right, like yeah. early screenings? Is there mm. a reason that this is getting a promo push this early? And I didn't hear about it. Blessed anything. Virgin, right? That's what it's called. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's got like the yeah. crucifix in between the cleavage and everything. Oh, right. Like, it's yeah, the best yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my whole time. God, what a wild, <laughs> <Right>. wacky guy. <laughs> Um, it's just like way to take the goodwill that yeah. everybody has for you after L, which most right. people would have for him. I feel like, yeah. um, like he's definitely at a respectability high right now after for that, sure. af- after this film. It's funny to think, right. That, uh, and he wanted to make, we'll talk about it, but he wanted to make this in Hollywood, yeah, yeah. Which, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, but, that's, uh, but then he makes it a French movie and everyone's like, oh, oh, oh. that's the fascinating thing is like, this is a Paul Verhoeven movie. Right. <laughs> it's a Paul Verhoeven movie through and through, but it somehow got away with this like air of class to it. Sure. People were totally. like, but this is him doing a serious movie. And it's like, it's, it's a legitimate piece of art. Like all of his films are, but it's also totally fucking insane. Yeah. And it's like a satire of, French erotic thrillers in the same way I would argue that his American films are satires of American erotic thrillers. Yes. Yeah. Or American action films or sci-fi. The, films. Sure. the score right. in this movie is the giveaway of that. I would argue mm-hmm. almost more than anything else. The score is the thing where you're like, what am I watching right yeah. now? <laughs> and Dudley who did the score for black book as well. Okay. Yeah. So she's a collaborator. Uh, apart from that. Yeah. She, she doesn't work a lot. Hmm. Uh, the, Pushing tin, but it's a very oh. kind of like. Oh, she lurid. won an Oscar for the Full Monty. Okay. Oh, what back when they comedy had score back when they split category. the score categories. Those two years. Oh, we were yeah. flying. They high. used to have oh ten God. score nominees in comedy that's and incredible. drama. Incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, that's how like Men in Black got a score nomination yeah, right. and stuff. Yeah, Big Pig in the City got a score nomination. I Damn think. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I missed yeah. that. 
and a Pulitzer Prize. Yes, sure. I love it. Bring uh, it back. I love a good funny score. (laughs) I love to put on a. Well, would this be an original comedy score or not? That, well, that's the question. She won Best Actress Drama <laughs> she at the Globes, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. think the Globes are about to go handing her this for a comedy, like well, calling it a comedy. That's the thing with the movie is you kind of like, you go like, am I allowed to play this as a comedy? Yeah. Because it's like dealing with very serious stuff and you run the risk of it's looking. It's also tense. It's also it's tense. like, it's a, it's a kind of, it's one of the scariest film. movies I 100%. saw that year. It was an incredibly frightening experience watching yeah. it in a theater. Yeah. Like now, once a, on the rewatch, you're yes. more prepared for what's, but like in the theater, I almost every scene I was like, someone yeah. about to like, somebody's going to like, don't show me an open window right exactly. now. I don't want to see anything through a window. I don't want to see her driving down the road and like another car coming for her. I don't right. want to see any of that. And like, it's not even cheap about it. No, it's no, just, no, no. It's not like he like loads it up with jump scares but it's no, just like, after that first scene after the first yeah. scene yeah right. but it's also that's that's the Verhoeven thing it's like he's making a full meal symphonic movie where every emotion is like functioning as high as it can mm-hmm. that's, that's the Verhoeven thing he's putting all these different ingredients in the pot right oh cinematically he's he's brewing up like a like a short rib burger with a hoppy cheddar sauce okay on a pretzel bun I mean, that sounds like a nice ensemble of flavors. Right. That's what he's doing. He's in the symphonic way. He's making us a seared steak with thyme pan sauce and uh, mashed potatoes, green beans, crispy shallots. Wait, you know? I just made that meal. But how is that possible? I mean, you only have, I don't know, 45 free minutes per night and you are legally not allowed to go to the grocery store. How could you possibly make that meal? It's not about legally not allowed. I'm just a tie tie boy when I get home. Let me well, tell you. I was you. trying to help you out a little bit, make no. it seem like it was. I like it when the food just arrives in a box and then I can just prepare it. Well, why are you even talking about that? We don't live in a sci fi fantasy where that's an option, David. Um, okay, well, I'm going to break some news to you, I guess. There's this company called Blue Apron. What? And they're friends of the show. What? And they're sponsors. And they want to let you know that they can provide exactly the service you're talking about. Sounds They've like, been doing it for me. Sounds like a friend with some benefits. <laughs> benefits are tasty meals. What? And convenience. Okay. But listen, if if I'm going to work with a company, okay? Sure. I want them to be the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service in that um, country. You're in luck. They are. Uh, they offer 12 new recipes a week. You can pick two, three, or four. Have them delivered right to your door. You pull them out of the box. And put them in the fridge or wherever they need to go. And then when you're ready for dinner, just they got a little card and you just cook it up. So you cook it up and then you just throw it's it out. Become, it's inedible, right? It's inedible? The stuff's inedible? Uh, it's actually delicious. What? And it's literally become like a cornerstone of my life since they started sponsoring the show. I had to start doing it. The amount of conversations I have with uh, the person I live with uh, about Blue Apron. Who do you and live the, with? My girlfriend. Humble brag. Uh, yeah, well, um, uh, Blue Apron's a lot of fun. Uh-huh. I've been using it to cook. I feel like you you also sometimes, you know, struggle to cook yourself a meal. I'm largely a top ramen guy. And my, my sister is obviously a very accomplished chef. Ramen sure, Newman, sure. longtime sister, past and future guest. Yeah, right. And I, I've decided Blue Apron's going to allow me to, to try to make her proud. Right. You can actually, like, learn to, like, cook a meal. Like, right. It's, because- it's, it's good ingredients, but like the instructions are simple, like everything's packaged for you in the right for way. For once, I won't look like like a child to her, you know? <laughs> uh, and also, they send only non-GMO ingredients, like the oh, meat has great. no hormones, yeah. all that. You know, it's all like yeah, good stuff. Because, you know, my it's motto. It's put together by professionals. You chefs. know my motto. Yeah. GMO, GTFO. All right. Well, Blue Apron is treating Blank Check listeners to $30 off their first order. Oh, kind of them. If they visit blueapron.com. Slash check. Okay, so I just check that I typed in blueapron.com. No, what I want you to do is check out this week's menu and get your $30 off at blueapron.com slash 
check. Okay, so once again, you said all I have to do is check out the website, no. which is blueapron.com. What I'm saying is that the promo code is check and that Blue Apron is a better way to cook. We have to type that in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I mean, it, it sounds like I'm en route to become the Paul Verhoeven of home cooking. L. The movie is L. L. We're doing a bonus. You, after high demand. High demand. Crazed demand. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting that the people who are like as, as stoked about, I mean, I guess, you know. It's a recent like, film, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one that obviously had a lot of people talking. There's a lot of it's discussion. It's a real conversation movie. Yes. Which is one of the reasons we were like reticent to do it. Also reticent because we are a bunch of boys. <laughs> also reticent because we were like, well, we got to delineate somehow. Well, right. It's not a We're not going to do Black movie. Book. We're not going to do the yeah. early Dutch ones because they're hard to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it, it just felt <clears> like, I don't know. It felt like we were leaving something on the table if we didn't talk about it somehow. Because it does reflect the current state of the Verhoeven. You know? Right. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be the, the woman on the scene that allows you to, uh, you know, just... Uh, Shoot, shoot the shit about rape. Yeah, yeah. We've been begging for someone to give us the permission. I'm so stressed out. That's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, I love this movie, but I feel like I can only talk about it like speakeasies. You okay, know? well, here. Okay, so here. I, I don't know if you guys want to get into the actual plot or run through it like that, but I will say that, like, my experience of this movie, if it makes Let's you feel any better, please, is that I saw it at Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw it on a, I remember the screen was very large. It was whatever the biggest screen Did is. Did you see it in the IMAX? Yeah, the IMAX screen at right. the Scotiabank. At the, at the Scotiabank. Yeah. Oh, wow. It yeah. is crazy when they put a movie in, the, in that theater yeah. just because it's like, it's well. quite large. It's very large. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, which is great. Uh, and it had already been at Cannes, yeah. right? It yeah, it had already so, been at Cannes. Yeah. It was one of these ones that I was playing catch up with that and Handmaiden. I mean, my... That time I was at Toronto was great because I saw like a lot of my favorite movies, but they were all ones that had been at Cannes already. Yeah. But... Um, but yeah, uh, I, I saw it. I, you know, spent the rest of the day just being like, what what was that? Just like grappling with it. Had like, I feel like I had about four conversations. I think most of, of them with women and female critics about the movie, mm. just trying to like figure out how I felt. Because I, I had an instinct that I... I had an instinct that I really liked it, but I felt like I was wrong to like it. I remember and, there was, a, at Toronto especially, a lot of conversation yeah. around from, uh, that I was hearing from female critics of like, oh my God, we cannot uh, support a movie yeah. like this. There and, was a lot of condemnation coming like down the Twitter pipes at the time. And so I felt right. a little bit like, uh, am, am, I, am I weird or wrong to feel like this was really, really smart? Um, sure. And I think a but lot. But also, you're a Verhoeven fan, too, yeah. right? You have that in mind. Yeah, I you, mean, you were able to view it through the lens of getting. Yes, and I think that right. is so important. I think yeah. that there are so many of his films, and this this doesn't this is not a. I think in some ways this is a detriment because you shouldn't have to have people really know you as a filmmaker in order to really appreciate your films. Like sure. I, I don't think that this is not necessarily a great thing, but. You know, people who don't know about his background and like, you know, his relationship to the, like living in under the Nazi regime and everything like that. If you don't know that, you can, yeah, you can watch, you know, Basic Instinct or whatever right. and like, sure. and just enjoy it way. as a, yeah, a yeah. Lord Thriller, but um, you're not maybe going to get, you're not, you're not going to be attuned to maybe another channel that's, that's on at the same time. So um, I, but anyway, I was, I was feeling like I liked it and I, I, but I had a lot of conversations with the people that were like kind of 
trying to convince me that I shouldn't like it. And then um, ultimately when I had to write it up for spin, I was like, you know, this movie is brilliant. And I DC. Well, um, I, I feel like a, a major like crux of the argument for and against this movie is like, dude is inarguably a provocateur. Yeah. Right. Like he's like openly trying to get a rise out of his audience. A provocateur. Right. And some people resent that and go, like, he's just going shock for shock's sake. Sure. Right. Or, and I think it helps if you are a fan of his work, if you understand his brain, his mm-hmm. life experience, his other films, you know how to kind of read Verhoeven to understand what he's trying to get at by provoking you in mm-hmm. that way and playing with your emotions uh, and your fears and your anxieties and your discomfort in and that way. And your expectations of how movies are supposed to work, too. Right. Yeah. I do think there is just also the specific subgenre of the um, movie about someone like embarking on a consensual relationship with a rapist, mm-hmm. right? like with their rapist mm-hmm. in any, in any, like that's always just been like the hottest hot button there could possibly be in mm-hmm. any movie that depicts rape. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people are especially on eggshells once whatever the plot of L is sort of revealed. Well, I, don't I feel like this, uh, even though on. I mean, like that's that's a simplification of what's happening in the movie. Sure, but yeah. You know what I mean. But I I think that I think that that aspect of it takes on a new kind of interesting life after the past uh-huh. few months mm. because there are so many. Now we know there are so many examples of like you might have to maybe not be best friends with the person sure, who assaulted you, but yes. keep continuing to live with them and like yep. try to just get what you can out of that situation without you know destroying yourself. Um, and that I feel like that shade of gray, that kind of murky area is something that people I think are a lot more willing to acknowledge now than they were even, you know, a year ago. I, I kind sure. of feel like if this movie came out this year, she would win Best Actress. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, think it, it's possible. I, I think there's a greater cultural context. I guess if she came second I, yeah. last year to Emma Stone. I know. Which <laughs> it's is ridiculous. Nuts, which is absolutely nuts. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Um, but I do, and and I'm, I'm walking on eggshells here. But the precise thing that I find really fascinating about this movie and actually kind of progressive in its own transgressive way is that we've been reading all these stories for the last couple of months where the like assholes who want to throw doubt and question onto the accounts of these survivors say like, but then why do you still work for him? Mm-hmm. Well, you were in a relationship. So if it was consensual yeah. those other times, then why was this one time not consensual? Yeah. And this movie, I think, as a character study, is a really fascinating exploration of all of these sort of like emotional and psychological wins yeah. that change when something this traumatic happens in your life. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't follow any sort of predictable right. emotional arc. Yes. Yeah. In terms of feeling fine with it one scene, being upset the next scene, mm-hmm. being angry and vengeful the following scene, mm-hmm. being attracted to him the scene after that, and then it going again in the reverse order, you yeah. know? Like, it really kind of shows how disruptive these kinds of events are yeah. to any sort of logical yeah. course of action. Um, uh, I, saw, I saw this film later mm-hmm. at the Alamo Draft House. Perfect place to see a movie. Like, this is oh, yeah. top five Enjoy to me, like, worst movies right. to see yeah. that I have seen at a right. theater that serves food. So you had a barbecue chicken flapper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating my whatever, my chicken Caesar salad yeah. and... Uh, uh, watch an L yeah. and in like an empty theater. So someone's just sit standing there watching you, you know, the, oh the waiter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As I'm like, 
That's oh. the worst. Oh. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you want a refill, <laughs> sir, in the middle of just yeah. the most intense scene? Uh-huh. Uh, I, like, I, don't, I wonder when they drop the check. Like, uh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and I remember, like, I was uh, somewhat put off by the movie. And, uh, like, I just sort of walked out of that being like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? You know, yeah. like, I was... And, um... Then I want to shout out. I remember listening to this podcast called, um, I think it was called Long Takes, which Screen Crush used to put out with Britt Hayes and Oliver Whitney that like sadly got discontinued for reasons I do not know. And their first episode was about Elle. And I listened to it and I was like, you know, whatever. They they were sort of saying like, oh, you know, this is a movie about like how frightening her reaction to all the events in this movie are to the men around her and mm-hmm. like and confusing and like. Uh, and like the power of uh, what she's doing in the movie is like that's like the central question, not like right. the power of the um, the power of the men around her. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, like whatever, you know. And then I and I hadn't watched Elegant until now, and then I put it on, and I, I'll admit, I like laughed a lot and yeah. was like kind of delighted by the movie. Yeah, I saw it with my French mother at the Paris, great in New York, great. Uh, was great for the a- Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, showing L. Good for yeah, them. Yes. Oh, sorry, so what were we going to say? Wait, where's the Paris? It's uh, by the Plaza Hotel. It's near. It's like the only. It's the I'm not allowed screen. up there. So. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. It's, it's the last brag. remaining like big one screen yeah. theater in New York City. Oh, you know, okay. Like, it, like you could still host a premiere there. Maybe uh, it's not that big. Oh, uh, I thought that all that closed. I've been to premieres there. But yeah, smaller. It's premieres. smaller. It always is showing what you think it would be showing. So right now it's showing Call Me By Your Name. It's like it's always showing the most sort of old school. European film that's going to appeal to a slightly older audience. It is okay. almost exclusively Sony Pictures Classics. Yes, like Sony Pictures Classics just owns that right. spot. Huh. But like okay. Victoria and Abdul will do like a fucking sellout three-month oh, yeah. run. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's like Showtime at the Apollo. And it's huge. It's got like a balcony. It's a huge screen and they just play these old people movies. Like, like uh, I mean, and like they, sometimes that is a movie like Call Me By Your Name, which right. like to be fair is right. like, you know, not just yeah. an old people movie. Or it L, is still a like James, sometimes they're right. still edgy films, but it is. It's, it's James Ivory. Right. Point, exactly. you know? Right. Uh, or it has to be an au pair vehicle or whatever it is. Right. You know, it has to have some air of that kind of thing to it. And I, my mom knows that I'm like a Verhoeven obsessive. Sure. Mm-hmm. I got her to appreciate RoboCop, you know, even though she was initially turned off by the sort of like <laughs> crass maximalism of it. that it's called RoboCop. Right. She was 100% <laughs> against the idea that it was called RoboCop. <laughs> and I don't think she's seen any of his other films. She hasn't um, seen Basic Instinct. That's a maybe she saw see. Basic Instinct at the time. Maybe there's no way my mom has seen Basic Instinct. There's no way my mom has seen. Basic she Instinct. might have I, seen yeah, it. I don't think my mother has ever seen a Paul Verhoeven movie. I think if my mom saw Basic Instinct, she totally dismissed it. Mm. I know she doesn't like Sharon Stone. Fair enough. Um, okay. But so I was Rude. sitting there and like, IMO, <laughs> right, <laughs> in a screening with like a bunch of old people. Right, at the Paris. Right, at the yes, Paris. Yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. like a pretty stuffy, like not like a hip screening. And I was sitting there the whole time being like, am I insane Mm. for thinking this is funny? Am I like bringing too much into it because of the Rehoven? When the movie ended, I was just like, what did you think? Like, I just wanted to hear my mom talk about it for 15 minutes. And she fucking loves it. She like totally loves it. And she's very interested. She's a big fan of the type of movie this film is in dialogue with. Right. Okay. She's very into sort of erotically charged French dramas. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Um and and is a big Upera fan because mm-hmm. if you lift uh the rape uh, plot out of this movie it's still about a like 
a fancy business lady who's having an affair with her best friend's husband yeah. and then also the sons of fuck up and it's yeah. like it feels like a French movie through yeah. and through like all of her little like rotating universes yeah. Yeah. And, and she also said like that I can't get over how French that movie is she was like that <gasps> movie gets the dynamics of like a certain type of upper class Parisian right. yes. better yes. than yeah. I've seen in any French movie the last She's in the fancy apartment. The guy right. jerks off into a garbage can. Like, All that shit. But she's she's rolling like, around yeah. in bed with her best friend and they're like, huh, oh, to be lesbians. Hilarious. <laughs> but she was just like, you know, how they speak, what they order at the restaurant, sure, what they dress. Right. Like yeah. all of yeah. it is so That they have on. like Piper Heidsieck for their like casual Friday friend dinner or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, eh, it's... The I other thing that feels just so Verhoeveny is the video game company. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's the biggest thing to talk about. Yeah. And when you were saying like the hint, like the score is a hint of what he's sort of like yeah. getting at in the movie. The whole all the video game shit's another. Hint. Yeah, yeah. Because she's essentially playing Verhoeven. Like she's <laughs> playing like a French female Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel like, well, for one, isn't that game, like, really bad looking for terrible. right now? It looks right terrible. Now? Yeah. The, the game makes no fucking sense. No, what besides, is the game? Besides the monster tentacle rape stuff right. and everything. Right. But, like, it just looks like the graphics are... It looks like a PS2 game. It's yeah, junky, yeah. and also it's like they're jumping around some platforms. I was yeah. just like, what is the, like, object of this game? Like, when right. the annoying guy stands up and he's like... There's, this isn't fun to play. I was right. like, it doesn't look that fun What's to play. What's the target audience <laughs> of this game? Well, the thing, I think the thing, like, between the score and the video games, and, like, this is one of these things that's, like, if, I, I guess if you're not paying attention, this would seem really, really tacky, is, like, having the dramatic, like, sting of the score come in, like, when she is actually getting raped. Um like sure. at that moment of the attack mm-hmm. and it being like this like Duh! type thing, which is also how the video game treats the violation of this like female character, this mannequin or whatever. Right. It's just like, this is the worst, most shocking thing <laughs> yeah, right, that could right. happen. Right. Like, and, and it, it feels like it's, it's a little bit of a feint or something. Yeah. Um, Th- there's a secret sauce. I, I believe in this movie working as well as it does is he has said that he did not direct her at all. Direct Isabel. Hmm. And he didn't talk to her about the character at all. He read the script. He said, the person who can pull this off is Isabel Pair. And he went to her and he said, look, if I get you, this movie works. And I'm just going to fully trust you with this character. And he was very involved with everything else, but he gave her a lot of authorship hmm. over the movie. He said he like never directed her, never questioned her, never even spoke to her about how she was internalizing the character. And that just gave her the chance to fully own that a lot of the narrative. Yeah, you know. I can mean, I, can I to give you some context, please. like further context? I'm a concert. I do enjoy context. this. I'm a concert. Oh, are you going to say the name of the book that it's? Oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> which I believe it is a French book. Is it not? It is. Yeah. Um, so it's funny it to me because it hasn't been translated. Right. So yeah. he. So I don't know. To, you know, to what extent this like used to the book. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how close it is, but. He announces this movie at the Cannes Film Festival, much as he does with his nun movie, as you were just saying. Uh, and he wants Nicole Kidman for the role. Mm-hmm. That is his, that's his opening gambit. She doesn't want it. He also considered, according to this, Charlize Theron, Julianne Moore, Sharon Stone, Marion Cotillard, Diane Lane, Carice Van Houten. None of them want it. And, and none of them would have worked. He, maybe, I, I would argue. I, he, I pretty much I think love so. all of those actresses. Nicole Kidman might have worked. She might have been good. She's the closest. Yeah. Yeah. I still think if you're setting in France, it has to be a French person. Well, no, but it wasn't going to be set in France. It was yeah, going to be set in Chicago. Be, yeah. Dumb. 
<laughs> That's my take on that is dumb. Uh, then he said, you know who would be perfect is Jennifer Jason Lee, who is his old collaborator from Flesh and Blood. Mm-hmm. Who would be very good. But he also admitted basically like, I'm not going to get any money to make a movie uh, sure. about with Jennifer Jason mm-hmm. Lee. It's just the sad reality of the thing. Mm-hmm. So then he decides, all right, I'm going to make it in France. And then now he starts talking shit where he's like, you know, if I'd done it in America, it would have been like basic instinct. And I think it would have been a totally different movie. I would have had to like lean into like the American sex thriller stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he, he gets Isabel uh, who liked the book. Of course. She yeah. was into the book before Verhoeven was attached. Before it was cool. <laughs> but she loved Verhoeven. And he's got like, she's like royalty in France. Like she's sure. the most, one of the most critically beloved Actors alive. She rules. She rules. She's great. Who doesn't love Isabel? Everyone loves Isabel. And like the same year she was in Things to Come, which is like the opposite movie where yeah. like not much happens and it's a very internal and, uh, you know, sort of quiet. It's about like aging. Yeah. Which is usually. And that's a what great performance. She does. I mean, that's kind she of her a lot of that. specialty. I well, know she can play a hard ass. Like oh, she, she plays. A, and oh, like she, she had done like the piano teacher. And yeah. Shit. yeah. Like she, she's happy to do very. Yeah. Uh, emotionally intense material. Uh, yes, she can do icy as well as anybody. But uh, the time <laughs> David Ehrlich has this story of sitting next to her at the Sony dinner at Toronto. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, like she was talking to her seat. He was at the L table. Yeah, uh, and talk. She was talking to whoever she was sitting next to, and apparently got bored of him and just turned to Ehrlich and was like, "Okay, now you, you'll talk to me." And like, you know, <laughs> like just started talking to him. It's he, he should tell it. It's a good story. Oh God, I would be. I would just die. I would well, just melt. There was that great meme last year when she was doing the whole award circuit where it's like, that seems like, in your mind, you think like, oh, that's one of those actors who's probably like too cool for awards, like doesn't want to do the dog and pony right. show. She usually either plays badasses or like very emotionally intelligent, introspective people. She doesn't need that. And then it was just like every award show, Isabelle Huppert was like, like a bar mitzvah boy. Like, yeah, she was yeah, so yeah. happy when she won that globe. Yeah. She fucking loves awards. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? I love an award. Give me, me one. too, but a lot of people go to, you know, I don't believe in actors, competing artists or, you know. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, give me that fucking hardware. Yeah, yeah. I'm Isabelle Huppert. I rule. She seems like she has a good time. Like yeah. she, for as serious as an actor as she is, like she doesn't appear to take herself too seriously in those settings, which I appreciate. Yeah. It makes me think that she's just like all the more, I don't know like committed to the right things. <laughs> sure. Yes. Um, there was some critic and now I forget who it is who in a review of this movie last year said she's so good it's like her skin is acting. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good good line. Right. And I just think about that whenever I see her now where it's just like because so often she does those sort of like blank stare you mm-hmm. know. But well in this one thinking. she does a lot of the like you can, yeah, a lot of them. Right. Like, do you want to hear my impression of a French person, which I think is very much in line with this movie? Ask me any question. How are you doing, Griffin? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that really is. Right? Yes. It's like a- ask, answering any question <laughs> yeah. is a burden to me. Like, uh, where's the ticket stand for the train? <laughs> no one in France, it's true, has ever been excited to answer your question. Yeah. Like, it's never easy. <laughs> like, it's never like an easy. Like in America, yeah. someone asks me, like, hey, does this go to 42nd Street? I'm like, oh, yes, yes, yes you yeah. know, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I, can I can't help wait to, to tell you this information. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> and have me thinking of my mother. Uh, and, uh, uh, 
<laughs> but she does like a lot of a lot of that in uh, this. A lot of that in this. Yeah. So mm. so this movie starts right away with the thing. Yes. Right. Well, first starts with a a cat. A cat. A cat. And yeah. um, I shot. like, I really like that um, the shot, the shot, the shot does not, uh, is so impassive, like yeah. basically in both cases. And I feel like it is like the first bucking of this thing where it's like, she lives a lot. She's a, she's a woman of a certain age living on her own. She's mm-hmm. only got a cat and like in a very nice apartment with yes. a lot of bay doors. Yes. Yes. Which like, and it's like the cat, that would be her friend. That's like the only creature that understands her, but the cat doesn't give a shit no, about no. her. It's like, leave me alone. And that's your first hint. They're like, oh, the deck is just sort of like automatically stacked against this woman because even her fucking cat isn't going to like come and attack I, this guy. I also feel like it's like him doing like an anti-Gary Marshall. Where like Gary Marshall is famous for being like, cut to a dog, it's funny. <laughs> like anytime anything funny happened in a movie, cut to a dog like tilting that- its head. To show, like an impression. Even the dogs reacting. And <laughs> yeah. in this movie, anytime something terrible happens, the cat's just happening. looking on with just yeah. like, I guess Still. something's happening over there. And yeah. I think he's like kind of making the cat an audience surrogate where it's like, you're just sitting there watching this. Yeah. Like you're not doing anything. You yeah. can't do anything. And also, of course, we then in the flashback see that she let the cat in and that was what right. uh, like prompted an opening for her attacker. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, she is raped in her home by an assailant in a ski mask. Violently. Very violently. A lot of head bashing. Right. It's pretty bad. And then she takes a bath and cleans up the mess and acts uh, like nothing has happened. It's like five minutes. Her son are... stops by right. and he's like, how are you doing? And she's like, oh, ça va. You know, like, you know. <laughs> but there's uh, even the moment where I could tell he was doing something very different was how long he lingers on her alone on the floor yeah. after mm. the attacker. Yeah has left because that's the thing you never get in movies. Yeah. It's such an overused thing to use like rape and sexual assault as a dramatic device in films to create conflict. Mm -hmm. But it's always just you have to see the action. Yeah. And then you don't get that moment, which is the most upsetting moment, which is someone just sitting there and trying to figure out what happened. Processing what happened. And he stays on her for like a minute. And And this whole movie is about processing what happened like in her own way and in a way in a way that makes you actually have to process it yourself because right, what sure. she is doing is so not what you would expect that you start right. thinking she's about why you expect what you expect. suffering emotionally right. yeah. for you. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. So if she seems fine with it, then should I not be upset about it? Right. But then the next scene. And now you're right. worried that you don't feel upset about it. Or, exactly. And then you start to realize that just because she's a woman in a movie doesn't mean that she stands in for all women in movies mm. or in, in real mm. life. Uh, it's a story about one woman. One woman. Uh, and of course, uh, part of her very specific reaction to a lot of things is her very specific background. Yeah, uh, as right. the daughter of a famed murderer. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and there has always been this lingering question of if how involved she was in the murders, what yeah. she knew or didn't know. And there's this famous photo yes. of her, the as father, a child. killed a bunch of uh, people in their town right? growing up. And there's this photo of like a 10-year-old girl with an au pair-like yes. <laughs> sort stare. of icy yes. stare. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I kind of, I forget the nature or like the like reasoning behind the killings or whatever spurred them, but it uh, doesn't have that, that monologue. Something um, to do with Catholicism, I don't know. Uh, well, he was a, like a good Catholic man. They say right. this. Yeah. Like, you know, how could that happen? Like, so surprising, you know, that this sort of uh, family man, religious. Yeah. It, it was something about excommunication. 
Like he was like going around and letting the oh. children excommunicate from the church, I think is what I wrote. Oh, yeah. Or was he excommunicated? I don't I can't. I, there's that one monologue she has where yeah. she's trying to freak out, uh, right. you know, uh, Patrick. Yeah. Laurent yeah. Lafitte, uh, uh, who plays her assailant. I mean, it's tough to remember because you do get conflicting tellings as the movie goes on. You're right. Yeah, sure. So she still has a relationship with her mom, we find out. But she, like, in a very, like, testy one. But yes, a relationship. played by Judith Magre. Ma- mm-hmm. Magre. And she kind of exists within culture as almost like a Patty Hearst type figure. Uh, sure, right. Yeah. yeah. Where right. people don't know how to feel about her. Well, people recognize her in the streets and oftentimes feel emboldened to like throw food at her. Right. She gets she gets food dumped on her early on in yeah. the movie. And it's like that. that's another routine sort of uh, humiliation yeah. that she has right. to just like deal with. But in the first 30 minutes of the movie, before they start explaining that, you're just like, okay, I've just watched this woman suffer a horrible assault. And now strangers are yelling at her, like coming up to her at yeah. the restaurant. Right. Yeah. Like it feels like, is this a movie about like the entire world just choosing one person to turn right. against? And then you realize this whole added element uh, of, well, is is the deck stacked against anyone feeling sympathy or empathy for her, regardless of what happens to right. her because of what they associate her with? Yeah. And also the fact that, you know, maybe in response, she's become, you know, a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she's certainly got she's, a specific way of talking to people. Yeah. Dealing with people. Yeah. She's not, you know, there's she doesn't do a lot to you know, make people like her. She doesn't go out of her way to make people like her. We'll Does, say that. Doesn't suffer fools. Yes. Doesn't, um, uh, is not one for platitudes. I also said a bitch with like a kind of um, affection, but I'm allowed to say that. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> uh, we are not. Um, um, and and yes, she is this video game auteur. Right, then we cut to her, the video game company she runs that is making a game about mind tentacle rape or something. Right, like, yeah. Some sort of, hard I don't what I like we don't I mean yeah. whatever I don't know how much thought but she was put supposed into to it. come out of like like a literary career yes. so I'm publishing and, and she's then like she being an avant-garde it. game designer yeah. yes but, sure France I don't know maybe that's <laughs> happening in France right. and, the, um, and this and she, game and sort the, of feels like her blank check project like she's coming off a true. big success right. they had it's a taken hot a game. long time for them to get another one out right and uh, and she has to deal with all these young testosterone nerd boys who are like, you are not a true gamer. Yeah. No, the, M- M- Monty's going to be so mad at us. Yeah. The word when this started, I think maybe... Sorry, Monty. <laughs> Just sweet as a I think not after can, but I think, I think that the first trailer for this had come out before I saw it in Toronto. And sure, there was yeah. this sort of word that was like, is the... For Hoven, make a Gamergate movie? Yeah. <laughs> like that was, which I was very, very excited about. It's not that, but I mean, it, it deals with no, it just enough. But there's a little enough. bit of that energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I you know, it's the, it aside from not really necessarily making a whole lot of sense for her character, or at least what we know of her character, it is like the perfect thing for her to be doing in sure. the context of this film, I feel like. Right, just because she's surrounded by this like, uh, yeah. Annoying male energy. Well, and when yeah. she and when she gets attacked, and then she starts getting these notes and everything, it's it just could like be anyone. Then it's just yeah. like, oh shit, I'm surrounded by right. potential, yeah. you know, scumbags, violent scumbags, right. maybe. Yeah, she she does this critique of the game, which runs weirdly like a screening, right? And then is very harsh with her notes. Yeah. yeah. So now everyone is just like, 
fuck our boss. It doesn't seem like yeah. the first time, nor will it be the last time. But you can there's sense. There's one guy that loves her. Right. There's one, one guy that loves her. One little dude loves her. Very beautiful penis, apparently. Uh, yes. Um, so we're told. <laughs> yeah. According to her. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's a killer peen. She might have specific taste. Sure. Wait, did she say it's beautiful? No, she, she says, says it, it looks Jewish. <laughs> she says, it, yeah. It's but she's sort of like fond of it, apparently. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I don't know. She, she's, she's, she, does, she does one of these. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. She goes, uh, um, <laughs> uh, takes off her glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then this this uh, video, this GIF or whatever, starts yeah. circulating around the office where they have superimposed that, her face. I feel like that's that a comes little later. bit later. That comes that a little comes later. later. So, okay. I mean, just to set up her life, she yeah. runs a video game company. She's divorced from her. Slightly schlubby husband, uh, ex-husband, Who's played by also Charles Burling, a writer. Yeah, uh, yes, right. Yeah, and he's like trying to shop around some project that, like, where he's like, it's like, oh, I'm, no, he wants to get into video. He games. wants to make a video game. He has an idea for a video game about robot dogs, I, and you fine. play the robot dog Spartacus. And no one wants this game of his. <laughs> and she said that it was like too intellectual. <laughs> it seems like letting him down easy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, she is having an affair with her best friend's husband. Yeah. She she runs the company with her best friend, yes. who is played by Anna Consigny, I yes. think. And then her she's husband, great yeah, she's great. Yeah. And yeah. then her husband's like this bald doofus, played by yeah. Christian Bur- Burkle, who is yeah. irresistible to these two <laughs> yeah. fascinating, captivating. This guy is a dork. Yeah. And then she's got a total fuck up son, a large adult son. She really <laughs> has a large, real oh, large adult son. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, what's his name? Um, Vincent. Vincent. Uh, yeah. Vincent. Uh, Vincent. And then he's got a sort of like. I mean, like exaggerated harpy, like you know, shrew. Like I don't right. know, like you could use every like yeah. like um, pejorative expression for like a she's a henpecking woman, a classic baby mama, <laughs> sure, yes. um, who's just on his case. But at the same time, this guy is such a fuck up that you're yeah. sort of like it's hard to have any sympathy for her son, right? Yeah, and I think what happens to the 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 mom the. the mother of mm-hmm. his child is, is I think an interesting turn for this movie. Agreed. It, it makes me have also more faith in the movie as not being just like hateful and distrustful and not just being button pushing. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Because her character early on especially like what I'm saying like her early scene she's just yeah. screaming She's just him. the worst. Yeah. And and well we'll get to yeah her, yeah. her child. And, 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 like, and that's Hubert it. hates her. Hubert hates her because yeah. she's mean to her son but yeah. Hubert right. also I mean she knows. She doesn't her trust her. Right. Oh, and, um, and Hubert's character is called Michelle LeBlanc, and she is canon, Matt canonically sister. Matt LeBlanc's sister. Yeah. As well. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is a nineties. No, wait. No, never mind. No, it's it's yeah, it's current. Day. There's there's the point in the film where she picks up the phone and calls her brother and goes, uh, "How are you uh, doing?" <laughs> Uh, what? Oh, how, how are, are you, you doing? doing? <laughs> how are you doing? How, how are you doing? Uh, <laughs> thought we would get through this episode without. All right, okay. Uh, get the door. Let me take it. Yeah. Who can plant a rosebud? You again. Pick petunias too. I thought. I thought we got rid of the this flowers guy. and deliver them we're done to with you. Him. Dan Candy Man can. All right, Dan, are you here to talk about flowers again and not candy? Because even though your name is Dan Candy Man, you, you, all you would talk about was flowers last time. I'm here just to check in, say hello. Oh, all right. I thought we moved past the transactional phase to being friends, but apparently I'm not. 
as warmly welcomed here as I thought I would be. I'm sorry. It's just usually when people ring a doorbell, uh, which Ben installed for the podcast, by the way. Weird decision. A bad decision of an audio <laughs> medium. <laughs> well, I just wanted to make sure if someone was outside, they could maybe use a light or something. Usually right, they just have sure. some service to tell us about, but I guess not. And in, in that case, it's nice to see you, Dan. Well, yeah, so look, I'm a pro flower man, but I'm also a human being. And sometimes I just like to say hello to my friends. Hello, David. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Griffin. How are you doing? I'd rather not talk. Listen. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I said I was doing all right, but it's not true. What's the matter? I've been going through a rough patch. Uh, sorry to hear that, Dan. Even though we don't know each other well, I'm still sorry to hear that. You know, there's the old saying in the Candyman family, just do it. Uh, okay. All right. That's an old saying in the Candyman family? Yeah. Okay. You got to just do it, right? Okay. Because we are a, dis- a depressive people. I, where, where's this going? Winter months hit us hard. Sure, yeah. My job is usually delivering things, but I... I it's, tougher in, it's tougher in the winter. I, I don't even want to get off the couch. Okay. Honestly, I'm trying to figure out if there's a way I can get my products to people without having to, you know, door-to-door. Uh, well, uh, with Stamps.com, you can access all the services of the post office what? right from your desk. I have a desk. You can buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you just click print mail and you're done. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. It's How many old, other ads do you have That's a candy man. An old candy man saying in the family. <laughs> you're a weird dude. I'm not. Okay, come on. I already told you I'm going through a dark I'm patch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry. Don't Can kick I call you me Danny? while I'm down. Yeah, sure. I want to be friends. Right. Why do you think I showed up in the middle of an episode <laughs> record? I don't know. You're obnoxious. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> All right, well. Will this let me let me break the ice here? Okay. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale. You can weigh your letters and packages. You can print the exact amount of postage every time. Wow. I know it's it's a good service. I've been using a it. Service like that sounds priceless. Uh like we, you know, we've got merch. I don't I don't know, Ben. Well, like, yeah, we can tease it. We're, we've but got we can merch. Tease it. We got merch coming, and this is a service that will really, really help us with yeah. that process. We can use stamps.com to send stuff out, like without having to uh, uh, leave the house. You're saying with stamps.com, you can have it your way? Um, I'm saying that right now, our listeners, including you, are you a listener? No, 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 I'm not a fan. Okay, well, I, our, I'm not in the podcast. That's fine. Our listeners can use check for this special offer. So but you promo- have to write a check? No. The promo code is the word check. It's a four-week trial, and that includes postage and digital scale. Huh? I guess you're imploring me to think different. I'm imploring you to go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in check. That's stamps.com. Enter check. What if I have to go to the bathroom? I, it's, your, it's fine. But go you said it. before you do anything else. I mean, I'm just when you go to stamps.com, before you do anything else, I want you to click on that microphone. Top of the homepage, type in check. Then you can do whatever you want. Wow, the king of beers. Yeah, I hear Danny. These are old family phrases. I'll catch you up. We'll catch old up same. later. I okay. gotta talk uh, gotta talk L. I'm gonna go back to hiding under the covers of my bed. All right. Staring down existential dread. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Who can plant a rosebud? All right. Uh, amis. I don't know. What do they call friends yeah. in, in French? Uh, un bon ami. Um, un bon ami. Le bon ami. Copain. Copain. Le anyway. copain. Um, so that's her life. And then also she's got this mysterious assailant who, like, she has to look over her shoulder for it every second. Yes. Because he burst into her home and attacked her. 
and then, and then she starts getting her, creepy text messages. Right. Sir leaves his computer, leaves a computer open. I don't know if it's her computer or his computer, but leaves it in the leaves it in the bed. Bed. Yeah. Um, and incidentally, she also has a hot, sexy neighbor. Yes, she does. Um, with a very Christian wife. Right. Very sort of boring, uh, repressed wife, I guess. That is a so, sweaterman the, and his wife. It is a sweaterman. It's a classic. Yeah. He's a sweaterman. Um, God, one of the, the funniest lines in it, or like one of the funniest parts in it is when they have the Christmas dinner. Um, or when they're setting up the nativity outside their house and she's just like, doesn't it just you warm your heart? <laughs> it's where it all began. <laughs> Uper gives her this look that's just like, what the excuse, fuck is the matter? Excuse me. <laughs> and you see there's, they, then they're setting up the nativity and she like watches and masturbates. Mm-hmm. That's like quite yeah. early on in the movie. Those dinner, right? Yes. I, mean, I didn't imagine that, right? Uh, yeah, no, that's, yeah, because that's before that she... It's when she's having over. this sort of flirtation with yeah. the neighbor, who's played by Laurent Lafitte, mm-hmm. who's also the guy who, like, uh, made a Woody Allen joke last year that everybody lost oh, their right. fucking minds about. Right, he's about. a stand-up primarily. Right, who yeah, was, like, yeah. hosting some shows, like, huh, Woody Allen, you haven't even been convicted of rape, like Roman, you know, or something like that. And everyone was like, oh, you know, like the whole French... <laughs> How dare! <laughs> uh, anyway, so, that's what I'm... He's also, he was in... Uh, what else has he been in? I don't know. He's been a lot of stuff. He's like a French French guy. Uh, yes. Did you hear about that letter that all the French yes. actors and directors? Yeah, yeah, where it's like, we, 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 what are we, not allowed to make out anymore? Something yeah. like some like. Yeah, we're recording let's this not, episode at the beginning of January. Yeah, let's not, let's not infringe this. on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I have to say, though, that that is one of, I, I have a tweet that I figure I will, I will have many uses for it of, to bring up over and over and over again. And it's just, uh, in parentheses, aristocrat's voice. France. <laughs> uh, that is my response. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. Uh, Basically. Huh? Uh, I'm trying to think if there are any other threads mm. worth commenting on. Well, her mom. Oh, and her uh, mother. Her right. mom, yes. who is like, has some kind of <laughs> some uh, kept boy. A kept yeah. boy that she pays apparently, but then eventually has to marry her. Uh-huh. And like early on, Michelle Uber uh, walks into the house and he's like sort of like massaging her feet yeah. or something. He's yeah. just like yeah. in his underwear massaging her feet. They're um, very wealthy, but it's like dirty money. Yeah. So she lives in this like beautiful apartment with this beautiful man and this very exorbitant life. But when she walks out in the street, people like throw shit at her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and How did they and make the money is that clear? No, no, it's 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 oh, it money. She because oh, she, she bought money. the house because because right. after the mom dies, spoiler, she comes by and she's uh, putting it up for sale. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's um, right, you're right, you're right. Because the guy was just going to still live there with his new girlfriend, with his naked then, girlfriend. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, but I I find their relationship to be so interesting because she obviously spends a lot of time with her, right. but is so mortified by everything that she does. Which is not that dissimilar from her relationship with her son, really. No. Yeah. Like, right, where she she has a lot of affection and wants to be involved, mm-hmm. but she can't stand anything that they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I also think it's reflective of... Uh, she uh, has a disrespect for the mother for falling in love with her father. Sure. In a weird way. You know, it's like, how could you have such poor judgment? Mm -hmm. Right. And the mother is slightly more defensive of the father and is sort of encouraging her to see her father in prison. Um, Or she has a much more, it feels like she has moved on from the incident in a way that Michelle has not. And I think that's probably the source of a lot of the resentment as well. The fact that she can just like 
have this younger guy and just like you know try to have a, like, a I'm comfortable alive, life. Just yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, a, be a bon vivant, one might say. Bon, bon vivant, uh, my old lady, <laughs> Maggie Smith. <laughs> bon vivant. Uh, yeah, and yeah, she like she's getting Botox and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I don't know, but I mean, honestly, you know, if you had a husband to chopped up a bunch of people. Yeah. I would probably, you know. Yeah, Emily's just like props. Props. Yeah. Do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, like Do maybe it. you deserve to have some fun. Yeah. You know? You're worth it. Yeah. You're worth it. <laughs> That's what Elle's about. It's because yeah. you're worth it's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So this is a long movie. It's a long yes. Um, But it's not like, it's, it is plotty, but it's, you know, it's just sort of like, it's a lot of a lot of shit happening. Yeah. I mean, right? It's yeah. just like all of these elements. She just sort of ping pongs between them. Well, right. She's like a prism yeah. for all of this. Like yes. you just see all these, all of these, none of these relationships are inconsequential. Mm. No. All of them reflect on her in an interesting way. Right. And like, none of them drive the pot exactly, yeah. but none of them are right, meaningless. Yeah. And it also is, uh, it's a thing I love in good dramatic writing mm. where she is Script very- is written by David Burke. Very different with each of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You know, yes, you get yes. a lot of uh, a, a very thorough picture of who she is as a person yes, because yeah. of how different she is in each relationship, and even whether it's one on one or three people, how affected she is by who is or isn't in the room. Yeah. Um. You yeah. know, because you're spending the movie trying to figure out what's going on in her head. She so mm-hmm. rarely verbalizes what she's well, actually feeling. Yes, but also, and, and Verhoeven has led with such a shocking thing, not right. not just yeah. the rape, but her reaction to it, where you're just like, what, yeah, yeah. Why, why, you're why is this happening? the entire time. Right, yes. so at some points, you're going like, is this the most honest reflection of who she is? Mm-hmm. Is this the defensive persona? Sure. Is she more like herself with her mother than she is with her friends? You know, mm-hmm. when is her guard actually down? But it is also funny. This is like a weird yeah. social comedy yeah. about upper crust French... Yeah. Uh, people. The Parisian bourgeois sure. of the 21st century. Right. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit, in, in a very, very different way, but I do like what doofs most of the men are in it Yes. in very specific ways. It kind of reminds me of the love witch in ways where like all of the <laughs> all of the guys that pass through this, like obviously like this woman who is by no means perfect, but she's... She's uh, doing what she has to do to, to you know, get through uh, her life. And all the guys she encounters are, like, just all weak in some really key way that is ultimately a problem for her. Um, and, uh, like, her son is, like, the most clear example of that. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. I mean, we can talk about the ending when we get there. But that's another thing that people uh, did not like about this movie mm-hmm. was how it resolves her son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how it resolves her rapist also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, But I think that's like one of the most brilliant parts of the movie. I do too. <laughs> well, I guess it makes just... the movie weirdly kind of circular. <clears throat> yeah. Right, yeah. because the, the, let's just sort of tackle character by character. Right? Yeah, I it's think like, gotta... You know, the, the middle part of the movie is her trying to figure out who her assailant is right. in you know various ways. And she has the scene with the video game designer where she realizes he's making these creepy videos of her. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he's just making creepy videos of her because yeah. he's obsessed with her, <laughs> right? And at that, in that point, it's just like, okay, you're like number five, maybe on my list. Yeah, right. Um, so she guy. responds by uh, uh, <laughs> cucking him. Right. I don't know what the fuck, you know, right. like whatever. Let me let me see that dick. All right. Yeah. It's like simultaneously, he's in it for the lulls. He's looking for the approval of his like coworkers, and it's like the little kid pushing the girl he likes on the playground. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and the fact that 
I think that that's like a kind of a good foreshadowing of what actually happens with her and Laurent Lafitte's character uh, later on and that she has identified some kind of thing that he wants from her right? and therefore can exploit it and like turn it on its head yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does that in, you know, a very clean and, you know, uh, a cold way with him. But then, you know, I feel like a similar thing ends up happening with her and her and the, what's his name? The neighbor? Patrick. 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 The, uh, and Patrick kind of lurks for the first half of the movie. There's not like a lot of him. There's more of the yeah, son right. and the family, right. and like you know. Well, they go through when there's like a storm that comes through, and he right, comes right. and 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 close. This is before she finds out that it's him, right? Or maybe it's like right. Bef- maybe it's that's right before. yeah, because right um, he she uh, he comes and helps her close all the shutters to um, her house. The most erotic shutter closing sequence in the history is, of film. This, yeah. You know what it reminds me of? And this is only because it's, this is January and it's the holidays have just happened and I, I tend to watch this movie every year is Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah, um, I see that. Because the, there's the, the scene where the, Judy the, Garland leads a guy through the house. The and candles. They, yeah, they put out the candles and it's this movie. totally charged thing where they're mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh, there's one more candle over here and we have I, to put it out together. I love that movie and I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I, I, I love how much Meet Me in St. Louis is about like house business. You know, yes. like just yeah. sort of like the all the, the shit that goes into the big this. House. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's, there, it's weirdly ritualistic. This yeah. whole sequence of him helping her close yeah. all the windows. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like you have to watch them do it one at a time. Um, but there's this vague sexual tension you've sensed between the two of them up until this point in the movie. Yeah which has always been when they're in group settings, and now that it's just the two of them. Mm-hmm. And also, for this whole section of the movie, as you said earlier, like he spent an hour just cranking up the tension where any time there's an open window, you right. pay attention to every sound or the absence yeah. of sound. You're so terrified by what's existing outside of the frame. Right, and there's there's certain frightening scenes, like <laughs> when she smashes the car window and mm-hmm. pepper sprays someone, but then it turns out it's her doofy hus- ex-husband. Right. You know, right. like, there's moments where you think uh, something hard, or even the scene where she confronts the video game guy. Yes. Which, like, feels like it could turn on a dime. Like, he could, like, lunge at her or something, and then, you know, it takes a more right. comical it Makes route. him show her a peek of the peen. Yeah. Uh, I, has the scene where she goes oh. axe shopping happened at this point? Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. On, that's right. early because yeah. that's when she smashes the window. Right, right. She gets right, that cool right. axe. Cool um, axe. <clears throat> she also goes to the gun range a couple times. Yes. Yeah. The thing I was trying to find, oh, yeah, because I, I don't remember if I used this in a piece, but it, because I saw Handmaiden, and I feel like the same day that I saw Elle, the first time I saw it. Wow, that is a double bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good double bill, honestly. I would recommend it. Sure. Um, I if love you're the watching, Handmaiden. If you're watching yeah. this movie and then you feel like you need something light to yeah. follow it up with. Right. But there's this, oh yeah. Um, but there's a line in it that kind of like, I guess resonated because I saw it at the same time where they, somebody somebody asks, oh yeah, did the big house make her go mad? Um, which I totally feel like, and that made the house feel like a character in Elle to mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. it is like this thing of like, if you're just a single woman and you're in this big drafty thing. I mean, I I, I feel this a lot Uh when I am, because we live in New York, and we live in these tiny little shoeboxes. But if I'm ever anywhere outside of New York and I happen to be alone oh, in a house, oh my god, I'm just Me like, too. oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm sure my- there are empty rooms in this like, in this house. Like watching a I definitely. Yeah. I mean, yes, I have the New York thing of like not being able to handle open, quiet 
at all. Oh, all the money in the world, all those scenes that take place <clears> in the <throat> Getty Mansion feel like Frankenstein to me. Like they feel mm-hmm. like I a Universal that, Monsters movie where this, it's like so big mm-hmm. and there's just like a fire in the corner and he's this little man and they all have to like walk 15 miles to meet yeah. him in the other side of the room. T- I mean, I don't love that movie, but that's when it comes alive to yes, me because Scott's just like, Ugh, yeah. look at this. Yeah. You know, uh, he's filming it like it's the fucking alien corridors or something. He that house so fucking well. But then he gets, I think he just gets so bored by other people. Well, you know whatever. where they yeah. shot it? In England somewhere, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why? Um, oh, because I went uh, over over Christmas in North Carolina. We went to the Biltmore House. Ooh, is that Asheville. a Getty? It's uh, a Rockefeller. Or no. Oh, it was Rockefeller? Or was it a... Rothschild? I don't think Let's it go was. through all the... <laughs> the famous American um, uh, industrialists. I'm totally forgetting now. I don't... I, no, Wait, it wasn't it a Rockefeller. What, the, the Biltmore name? House. It is Biltmore America's house. largest house. It okay. is oh, horrifying. Oh, it's big. It's so big. And, Vanderbilt's. Um, it's, it's the it's Vanderbilt's. Vanderbilt's. Yes, that's the one we forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Still owned by the Vanderbilt's. Oh, our first families. Yeah. That's um, for Anderson Weekends. It right. was um, It was pretty horrifying, though, because, like, I... So it's not a publicly... Uh, it's not, like, no, a, a historic home. it's the Vanderbilt's, home. right. It is a privately owned attraction it costs 65 dollars to go there that's a lot of money um yeah. and it's one of these things where they just like push you through like you're going through intestines and you go through all the rooms and everything but there's no unlike an educational place there's like no history it's there. just like it's just like look at a big house like <laughs> so isn't it big. great america <laughs> and we we went there like two days after the tax bill passed and i was just like fuck this shit like i, I was in a bad mood there great um but, but all- yeah i was like this if you were there by yourself for the weekend. The only way I wouldn't feel haunted is if it was filled with tourists like that. You're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring the tourists. Yeah, like I just, whenever I see houses that big, I'm like, who would want to live here? You just feel spooked all the time. England is just like lousy with houses like that. Mm, Like you can't, you know, drive five miles without like running into one of those. But So I've been to so many Big uh-huh. giant houses full of art in my Spooky. life. Spooky. a few of those. But England's different. Because they, they had a thousand years to big, big, and they also have a royal They family. had like dukes and yep. duchesses and oh, stuff yeah. like yep. that. Yep. We just had capitalists. Um, England made wolfmen running wild. Draculas, <laughs> Frankensteins, mummies. Horror movie characters. Big houses. You get it. You get it. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, no, I just, I think that the, I think that the house being big and drafty is definitely yes. a part of what makes this film work as a suspense movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the, the environments mm-hmm. are good. And he's doing some really good kind of like Hitchcockian basic like thriller filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, just with uh, building up a sense of dread and anticipation that you're on edge the entire movie because at any moment you think something might happen. How you doing, Benny? I just gave Ben a pat. I'm doing good. I, I'm right in my. I'm right in my take for the end. Oh wow, Ben! Oh boy, Poet Laureate. Yeah, I'm bringing it back. Okay, but continue with the conversation. Okay. <laughs> um. So wait. Okay. So I love the Christmas dinner scene. I think that's incredible. Yep. It reminds me a little of the Thanksgiving scene in the first Spider-Man. Uh, when the first the, when the Green Goblin comes over for Thanksgiving dinner and Willem Dafoe's like carving the turkey with a knife and like laughing. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember this. It's a I mean, scene. I haven't seen it since it was in. Th- but it's probably like the Michael Keaton like driving to the yes. driving to yes. the party scene. And, but it's and, more overtly comedic, which is why right. I, I equate it to this, where it's just like all this weird tension and then just these like yeah. weird explosive. Yeah. She yeah. invites everyone in the movie over to her house, yeah. basically. She's like, because also she even invites like her um, her ex-husband's new girlfriend who's Elena. like a yoga teacher, right? <laughs> um, because she feels bad for smashing her car window. Mm-hmm. And like, so everyone gets to come 
and witness each other, mm-hmm. I guess, behaving badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also where she unloads her uh, my father was a serial killer monologue mm-hmm. on Patrick. What uh-huh. else happens? She feels him up under the table. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Nothing happens with her with Anna's doofy husband, but um, we should like d- their describe affair. their affair is like <laughs> it's hilarious. Again, it's it's so funny, but it would not be funny if it was a real thing. That right? Uh, they have like two or three sex scenes, yeah. and it's like it's like the first one is like the day after he finds out that she was attacked, and yeah. she's like, "I don't, I'm not in the mood," and, and then that's the one where she sets the. The trash can right he's like come on and she's like fine and puts the trash can (laughs) under his dick and it's just like i'll give you a hand job in the office or something like it's like very uh it's perfunctory dark and grim yeah (laughs) but it's kind of funny then he i mean but uh, the other times and it doesn't get any better with them it's like I, i i can't even imagine when they had a a hot, a hot, steamy right. affair going on. The uh, line yeah. in the hotel. Yes, this after is where they I was hook up. Yeah, and yeah. he goes, and I mean, it's it's really funny. It's, he's like, he's like that whole dead fish thing you did. That was genius. Oh, yeah. Something <laughs> right. to that he's, effect. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. you are an idiot. He yeah. always says the wrong thing. Yeah, uh, he's also always. unattractive. Yes. <sighs> Yeah, he yeah. looks like a thumb. No, he looks he like, like Howie thumb. Mandel, like a yes. French Howie like Mandel. old Howie Mandel. Yeah. 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 Howie yeah. Mandel? Howie Mandel? <laughs> oh, Howie. Howie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, deal or uh, no deal? Affair ou pas affair? Deal or no deal? Bobby's what? Cans. That's someone playing Deal or No Deal. Which suitcase? I just want a sound clip of just everybody doing their best French thinking man sound. I put out. I some years ago. Like, you know they don't even have Frank anymore. <laughs> I some years ago like made my like foolhardy attempt to put together an SNL uh, tape, and all oh, I wanted to I do that. was that. Yeah, just oof, I oof. just wanted to do that. My agents were like, "You can't just." <laughs> you were like, "We're leading with it six times." <laughs> yeah, they were like, "That's too short an impression." I was like, "I have no better impression. I will never have a better impression than everyone in that entire country." Oof. Oh man. Uh, um, <laughs> it's the face too. You, you folks at home can't see it. We're all doing some great face work. Yeah, we are. Um, I also I for I want to shout out that her son works at Quick. Um, when I when I oh lived, yes when I lived in France, I used to go to Quick a lot, which is an insult to a country that makes such great food that I would go to its McDonald's. Because uh, they also have McDonald's, which I would never go to. I would only yeah. go to Quick because I convinced myself like, oh, oh this is oh la la. Oh. Oh. Can I do? And like the one time I went yeah. to McDonald's, I accidentally got a Big Mac, like by mistake. <laughs> like, you know, I ordered yeah. wrong. Yeah. Can I do what, I didn't want one, what yeah. sort of a merchandise spotlight? Was there an L merchandise spotlight? There wasn't. Uh, but, Go on. But Quick, Quick. Uh, got a lot of uh, attention, notoriety here in the States because for one of the Star Wars movies, they did a promotion where they did a dark side burger Uh-oh. where the <laughs> bun was black. Mm-hmm. It went viral. 
Uh, yeah, I do vaguely remember this. Yes, uh, they weren't the first people, first place to do the black well, burger. I feel like Japan, Japan has a lot of the, black burgers. I think right. most burger had a red burger and a black burger. Yeah, Dark Vador burger. Right. They did the Vader burger. <laughs> Dark Vador. Oh, Jedi burger. I think it also made people poop weird. I could see that. I, I think mean, there was a, a running meme about the people who had some funky poops. Uh, so did they discontinue the <laughs> black poop uh, black bun burger? Yeah, they did. It was a limited promotion. But I think they, they just continued it pretty hard. Uh, anyway, Quick was good. That's all I'm saying. That's a good chain. I like that. What's place. the best thing to get at a Quick? Just I, I just would get burgers. I can't remember anymore. It's I lived in France in 2008. It's a long time ago now. Quick. Yeah, thank um, you. So the the son lives with his girlfriend. Yeah. Who is. A nightmare. A nightmare. She's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Right. She uh, also, oh, well, so so there are some deaths and births that happen in this movie. Right. right. I think she's still just, I think she's, or did, has, has she had the baby by the time by of Christmas? the Christmas party, she has had the she's baby. She's had the yeah. baby. Okay. That is an early end. A wild scene. <laughs> it's a wild scene <laughs> yeah. uh, where uh, she's in the hospital. She has like a placental abruption or something. So she's yeah. like in pain. Yeah. And it's all very, and there's that really funny shot of her being like wheeled by where mm-hmm. she's like, ah, I'm and then she, so and much. Isabella Lupin's like, I'll go get some coffee. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so uninterested. Right. So overdramatic. Uh, well, she's then, already talked about her labor with her son and how it was like the worst thing in yes. the world. Uh, and she's basically like motherhood is pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all bad. Uh, <laughs> um, and then the baby is born, mm-hmm. and uh, does not look super white. No, no. no. Uh, I believe the first line when he is revealed is she's like, "We're going to need a DNA test." <laughs> and and it should be said also that the the girlfriend's uh, other friend is there, right. who is who is, is a black man, right? Yes. Uh, and uh, seems a little bemused by the whole situation. And, and yes. But I think the most amazing thing is that Vincent, or yeah, Vincent, uh, is just like immediately takes it like is it's just like in so such complete like denial yes. of the whole thing. That's what I find interesting because Uper is going into yeah, this he being does like, not acknowledge right, right. Yeah, Uper doesn't like the girlfriend and right. feels like oh fuck, my son got roped into now he's gonna have to spend the rest of his life with and this also, woman just because he was an idiot and he knocked her up. And also yeah. she's like paying for their new apartment and there's right. this yeah. scene where they're moving into the apartment and uh, the girlfriend's being a pain about the apartment even though it's like ungrateful. Right, Uper's right. yeah. paying for the whole damn thing. So then when Oper sees the baby and is like, it's not even my son's. Like, now I feel like we're being conned. Like, mm-hmm. I'm paying to house a woman yeah. who has cucked, cucked my son. <laughs> um, he doesn't, he didn't really need to be cucked. I think, he cucked the son. I think the, the, the scene, I mentioned it to you, I think off mic, that, that later where he's freaking out and he's like, my son, my yeah. son. Yeah. And she's like, uh, he's not your son. And he's like, my son. And she's like, all right, he's your son. It's so funny. <laughs> so, yeah. Where like, that's her whole relationship with yeah. that kid. Like he is yeah. an idiot. Yeah. And now he's like bought into this, like really like, like life altering lie. He's had mm-hmm. to like put right. a bubble around his whole brain. Mm-hmm. And he's and doing rather than like sit him, as a parent. Right. And yeah. rather than sit him down and be like, you have to think about the situation. Like mm-hmm. you're probably not the father of this child, blah, blah, you know, She's just like, all right, yeah, fuck. Yeah. He's so passionate about <laughs> it. All right, you're his father, I guess. Yeah. Uh um so wait, so at so then so, so she has the baby. Oh, and then we also find out the 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 wild detail that uh that when she and Anna went into labor at the same time. Yes, and at the same hospital. Anna had a yes. stillbirth 
and then breastfed uh, Patrick or right, Vincent, uh, Vincent rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so like she's afraid that her, like Anna has a like stronger bond with oh, Vincent right. than she does. Yeah. Which doesn't come up too much, but I feel like is one of the another one of these like interesting ties with this group of people where it's just like another complication. Yeah, they're and, all sort of knotted up together. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, yeah, right. She's having an affair with her best friend, with Anna's husband. There's a scene where she and Anna get in bed together and they sort of like laugh like at I the, love like, that. where they're like, ah, if Remember only we when could, we tried we to tried it yeah. once we couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and they give each other five comedy points. And also, but then there's right. There's this also this obsession with like, is it this? Is this the why this? You yeah, know? right. Is it the father? Is it is it the breastfeeding? Right, you know, like we're like, yeah. Can we can we explain this just by looking into the, like the past? Yeah. And also, like, I mean, the thing with Anna when they're like, you know, remembering making out, trying to make out, or trying to have sex or whatever. Like that is another thing where it's like that could totally be some schlocky beat in a movie like this where sure. it's like she's actually a lesbian oh. right? it's like it's not even that she's not like uh, she's close to the idea she's like no it's like you know they're they like men and it's it then that's almost worse and that's more complicated than- <laughs> they're yes, like the that's wolf fair. yes yeah. right yeah and also she just has a very peculiar relationship with intimacy emotional intimacy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh so maybe that was attractive to her about mm-hmm. her friend about anna where it's like well could that yeah, being the, a way to find like a connection with someone. We also, yeah, and there's also the scene where her husband, you know, is like, "Why'd you like?" Or she's like, "You never should have left," or "We never uh-huh. should have broken up." And mm-hmm. he was like, "You left me," and she says, "You hit me," and he's like, "Well, I regret that." And then like that's that, <laughs> that's you know, it. like that's yeah. a self-contained. But then the little son scene. gets physical with her as well during well, with, the scene with, at the house. The son gets physical with his wife right or right with his right, girlfriend right, yes, they're not sorry, yeah. Yes, yes yeah that's right that's later right. where like because she's the yeah we, we it's all like half heard like the son quits his job because like he his lost car's his car. in the shop yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> just an idiot he's an idiot he's like well if you ride the metro you like it takes unhealthy. an hour <laughs> the air quality oh my god what a fucking and like this is the thing every time she sees her son she's like I want to be on your side but yeah. like, <laughs> you're so bad yeah. oh god uh, but but what you're saying I mean I, I feel like it speaks to the complexity of this character and this characterization that they're getting at in this movie where like this movie presents a lot of what another movie would choose to frame as a quote-unquote easy answer. Yeah. Well, here's the Rosetta Stone to figure her yeah, out. Yeah, It's this. Drink. She's actually secretly this. This is the moment that changed her. And it's like, show no, she's the, she's the entirety of her experiences yeah. and all of these things. That's the reason she's such a complex, contradictory person. Well, to get to, well, so do you want, is there something else you wanted to say about the Christmas party, though? Well, you did bring up the Christmas it party. It ends, well, her mom uh, announces that right. she's getting married to, <laughs> to the boy. Oh, God, I forgot And then this. about two minutes later, her mom falls over with a heart attack. A stroke, uh, I believe. A stroke, yes. yeah. But doesn't she also, she like announces this, she also says, like, go see your father. Yeah. And Isabella Perez like, fuck no. Yeah. And then she has a stroke. Yeah. She walks off screen and then th- there's a clatter and then, and, uh, the and immediately is- she's like, 
is this a joke? Yeah, the line is like serious. Yeah, 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 right. And and everybody is like, how could you say that? Right, and even with her doctor, where her doctor is like, she may never wake up again. She's had a traumatic brain event. She's, she's like, like, is there any possibility she's faking? Could it, could it just be fake, though? Have you explored that possibility? Is she manipulating you right now? Uh, yeah, it's right. amazing. It is good, like where like her her mother dies, and to Uper's like. It's like this. Mm, this is this is her like <laughs> mm-hmm. her lousiest uh, move yeah. yet. She's just yeah. trying to get at me, and then she finally agrees to go see her father, and he kills himself before she can get to like, him. Like basically, she she intuits that or like he couldn't face that, her. Right. It was like right after that he got the notification that she was going to be coming by that mm-hmm. he hung right. himself, um, and then she's like, "I killed you by coming here," right. like over his corpse. It's yeah, it's wild stuff. And then uh, also some real wild stuff here. Oh, in this wild, <laughs> wild, wild stuff. Melissa Villasenor. I was doing every time uh, you do that. I'm going to say Johnny Carson. Name. I was trying to. Do oh, you were Carson. doing Johnny Carson, but I, I was doing uh, Owen Wilson. Okay, this wow. is Johnny Carson as Lightning uh, McQueen. Oh, uh, I was going to say oh, it sounded like Goldblum. Yeah. Wild, wild stuff. This Mater. <laughs> A tow truck. You, you guys read about this? Mater, the tow truck? Wow. This is gonna, I think this I'm is, glad we went from L to Cars. This is the episode that's going to do it. I think we're going to win. Johnny Goldblum Wilson. We're going to wow. win the Oscar for this one. This is it. This is it? Best picture. This is the one that will remember this podcast. us for. Yes. This is the one that will remember us for. Yeah. Don't you think so? Yeah, <laughs> Ben is truly furiously typing away Detached. an iPhone note. He is writing his letter of resignation as we speak <laughs> from the United States to of whom America. It may concern. Yeah. He's moving. I, Ben Hosley. <laughs> oh, attention, attention, film geeks, cinemaphiles, lovers of great conversations. You know, nerds. Sure. Yeah, I, I doubt anyone has left the room because if you're listening to this show. You fall into all those boxes. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Chuck Bryant of the Stuff You Should Know podcast has a new show called Movie Crush. That's some stuff you should know. Yeah. Right there. He sits down with your favorite people to talk about their favorite movies. Sure. The likes of, I don't know, Tig Notaro, John Hodgman, Kevin Pollack, Tony Shalhoub, comedian Kyle Kinane, Jeopardy's Ken Jennings, podcaster Roman Mars, and more. Wow, you really went high at the end there. I want to show my range. Well, they talk about movies like Cockroach Orange, Jaws, Groundhog Day, and The Avengers. Deep dives into some of the best films ever made with the people who love them the most. And you'll laugh and you'll cry and you'll gain serious insights into what makes a movie an all-time favorite. So it sounds like an actual good movie podcast, unlike ours. Right. I mean, we have never made anyone cry for good reasons. Uh, yeah. Well, sometimes the reasons uh, that you uh, laugh and cry may surprise you. Yeah. So, you know what? Here's here's my advice. You want mm-hmm. a little advice from me? Sure. Oh, check out Movie Crush. Anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, no. So, but no. What is also happening is she reveals her, her attacker comes to her again. She stabs him through the hand mm-hmm. with a pair of scissors and rips his uh, ski mask off. And yeah. it is Patrick, her her hot, sexy, yeah. Lauren Lafitte neighbor. <gasps> yeah. Oh. The twist. Quel <laughs> <laughs> twist. Sacre bleu. Yeah. And... After that, I feel like he just runs off. She she runs off, yeah. right? And then I think this is the thing that like throws people is that the next day that they're outside or she's taking out the trash or whatever, she sees him outside and just sort of stares him down and doesn't do anything about it. And then later she's, 
I think is is that when then she's, she's in a car accident. She's in a car accident. I it's think when, when she's, she's coming, coming back, back from, from her prison. from prison. From prison. This movie is so crazy. I know. Yeah. She's in a car. She's she in, a, in a. I remember. And I remember when I was watching the car yeah. accident. I was like, seriously, a fucking car yeah, accident yeah. now. But so yeah, a, a reporter calls her with like, oh, yeah. your father is dead. Oh no. <laughs> and and is still uh-huh. on the phone after she's I'm like sorry, wedged. Money. In between a tree, sorry, in, in between a tree, she's like, "How are you feeling? Like guilty, right. sad, yeah, yeah, right. while like blood is coming out of her head and whatever." Uh, and she calls everyone, and no one answers because yeah. her whole uh, family network are a bunch of idiots yeah. anyway. So she calls Patrick, and he shows up. Now I feel like there were probably still about ten other people that we haven't met yet in the movie <laughs> that she could have called yeah, right. besides Patrick. But I feel like, like this triple A, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Ghostbusters, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but still, I mean, I feel like that's when I feel like that's a very conscious choice at that point. I'm sure, I'm sure that you know, obviously, she would rather have had a friend there, but like at that point, I feel like the gears start turning mm-hmm. for her, and that there starts to be this like maybe she maybe she doesn't even consciously know what it is at that point, but like there is some sort of like, can I flip the script on this? In, sure, in some right. way, right? Right, because there's sex. <laughs> Uh, sort of walks this line where well I mean there's that how many times do they have sex because there's a scene mm. in the basement where that's after she they or like they she go tries, home and he bandages her up yeah I remember that and then and then it feels like something's gonna happen mm. just like consensually between the two of them but then he's like I can't do it like right this. he leaves right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 because he can only get it up if he's raping a lady right and so in the basement when they're doing more of like a role play she went, and then she gives her consent. He's like, no, no it doesn't yeah, work yeah, like that. You yeah. fucked yeah. up. Yeah, and uh, all she does is say, do it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I remember really clearly from the first time I saw it, which was just like that, those two words were what like killed it for him, which was just, it felt like... Her having agency over the yeah, situation. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it is, this is a funny mirror to Flesh and Blood. I was going to say, yeah, this is him successfully that, pulling off what he tried to do in Flesh and Blood. Yeah, in Flesh and Blood, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't work. work nearly as well. He overreaches mm. greatly. Well, and also it's set in medieval times. So <laughs> right. it just like, our relationships to how characters think is just totally different. Right, yeah. Yes. Um, but but it is, yeah. I mean, it's it, it becomes a very, very complicated thing where you're watching it going like, is this part of some longer game she's playing? Mm-hmm. Has she genuinely fallen for him? Like, mm-hmm. what? You know, it's very hard to read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's a long movie. It's been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. So you're like, we got to be in the the back, like, you know. <laughs> right. Like 20 minutes of this film. Where the fuck is he going? Like, where yeah. is this going to land ultimately? Yeah. And not knowing where it's going to land that first time is like what makes it so totally engrossing, I yes. think. Yes. The first time you're watching this, it is like a knife edge. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And because after, as the after, like the last big set piece is the big launch party mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the office, right? Yeah, like we see the video game and it's like better, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it seems the same to me. And they're all like, "Oh, <laughs> so good." Um, but like at the big party is where like she's just like, you know what? I don't like any of these people. I'm Isabelle Huppert. It's time to like settle some scores. Well, she yeah. tells Anna tells Anna that, that she's cheating yeah. on her husband. Um. That actually is the only thing I think that is clumsily resolved in this movie. Um, where with the with like later, Anna. where Anna's yeah. like, "Why'd you do it?" Yeah. And she's like, oh, "Boof." <laughs> and Anna's like, "Well, it was shabby," which is a great French <laughs> shabby. Uh, shabby. That was shabby of you. And she's like, oh, "Boof." And then they like walk off. Arna. I don't know. My I mom mean, fucking lost it at that. <laughs> she was like, "That's the most accurate thing I've ever seen." <laughs> 
All right. I mean, because in terms of technically, the end yeah. of the movie is she's going to move in with Anna. Yeah, right? yeah. Yes. They're going to be they're going to be friend, friend wives. Yeah. Yes. And not just like every woman's yeah. actual fantasy. Um, I right. think N- not what they've gone through, but the way they're speaking of it. Mm-hmm. She was like, "That is so on point." Yeah. <laughs> For the like wanting to seem just kind of like, well, you know, yeah. it right. is what it is. Well, a shabby, not yeah, good. right. Yeah, <laughs> not a good look. Shabby, yeah, right. N a g l. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh. So she tells she tells Anna there, and then she, I can't remember. The, she is a, a part of getting um Vincent really drunk because he does get very drunk right again mm-hmm. at the party right well yeah and we we did skip over that scene where Vincent like puts his hand on his girlfriend's throat yes um, yeah and because his mother sh- shuts him down yeah or, you know tries to at least yeah enough. but go on sorry what um, he, he's kind of generally getting sloppy at this point I mean I right. think the yeah. fact that she's welcoming him into her life yeah totally starts breaking his brain right yeah. Oh, you mean you mean Patrick? Yes. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Patrick. No, he doesn't. He is. It feels like they're both equally wary of each other, which is also what it's not a. At, at this point, the I would say, even though he is still obviously like the predator in this relationship, he doesn't really know what he's being predatory of at this right. point anymore. Which is like the first move of hers that like destabilizes and him, and he's not in control anymore, which yeah. terrifies me. <clears throat> but wait, what did you want to say? Did you want to say something about the son? Because I feel like you mentioned earlier you like how the son's relationship right. with the girlfriend so, <clears throat> is resolved. So I couldn't remember if this was like a part of her her doing or just like him getting drunk on his own. But he does get wasted at the party, and then when they go back to the house, and she knows that. The Patrick's going to come in and attack her again. <clears throat> He's like, you know, coming in right after her. She knows that. She sets it all up so that. <clears throat> what, I'm sorry. My throat is giving out right it's now. I told right. you I was getting sick. So um, when she when he is attacking her, Vincent could come in and save the day. And, you know, maybe her pulling the strings has caused him to think like, oh, maybe, I, maybe I'm not a piece of shit and maybe I should start acting like not a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> like it feels like such a super, like it feels like a Cersei Lannister move or something. Like it just feels like such a n- totally indirect piece of action to get men to be better around or be like what you need them to be. Uh, which I, I I think is fascinating in this, and but I mean a lot of people that that ending of him killing Patrick, a right. lot of people are like, well, why doesn't she get to kill her own rapist? Why doesn't she have the bloody revenge that she's been like imagining and daydreaming about? She does that, have the this entire... one scene where she yeah. imagines killing him. Yeah, yes. and um, I mean I think we get to see that in that we know that she's she we know that she's I think probably a hundred percent capable of killing him, but yeah. I feel like that isn't. She's been living in a life of like that's haunted by violence her entire right. life, and why would she want to? It's not necessarily right what she was looking for. Yeah, no, and it's this, more of like yeah. an idea that floats into her head. Yeah, and it's a direct mirror of her relationship to her father's crimes. Yeah, because there's that whole question of like, did <clears throat> he? Right, was he influenced by her? Did right. she help him? Yeah. You know? So she's sort of passed the buck on to her son, essentially. Kind of, but right. Like, she's, like, sent a, the curse through the bloodline. But yeah. I would say that probably, like, stabbing her, his mother's rapist and saving her is probably a little less on the scale than, like, murdering yes. a village. True. Yeah. So. You yeah, feel he, like he he's going to come out of it looking better. Yeah. He yeah. smashes Patrick over the head a bunch and he dies. Just, that's, yeah. like, the end of the movie. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Wait, did you touch upon though the car ride back from the party when he escorts her back home? Oh, right, home? right, yeah. yeah. Because there's a really important moment there, which is she basically points out the nature of their relationship, and mm-hmm. she uses a very interesting word to describe that. What is she? Twisted. <laughs> I knew that the word twisted was going to come up in this <laughs> I podcast. I forgot about that. Is... He's marking the time. Thank folks. you, Beth. <laughs> um, of course. But, Why don't we say twisted in French? Uh, oh, God damn it. Look yes. it up. Um, I also really like. Tardu. 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 Like Tortuga. Like a turtle? Yeah. Like the island of Tortuga from the parts of Caribbean? A turtle is Tortu. Oh, very close. I like the final scene with her and now his widow. Um. Oh, wait, what I, I see this is the part that I kind of okay. skimmed through when I was rewatching this last time. There's the final scene where um you you see she's moving out of their house across mm-hmm. the street. Now she's like a widow and a single mother with this baby, and she kind of tips her hand to like knowing that oh. her husband had these things that he couldn't repress. Yeah. That she tried her hardest to like mm-hmm. make a normal life for him. Mm-hmm but kind of knew that he was a liability at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember that now. I remember feeling, yeah, like the wife was aware of something, but not necessarily aware of what was going on between uh, them at the time. Not like complicit, but aware that her husband had monstrous tendencies. Yeah. yeah. And that it, probably it was, he was going to hide out at some point. He was never, or Jekyll out. He was going to Jekyll out. Jekyll out. Hide. Jekyll's the bad Jekyll's- one. No, Jekyll's I mean, Jekyll's the, the, good, the one. good one. She married yeah. Jekyll. Yeah. No, he's going to hide out. Isn't he a... Wait, oh, he's I was, he's not a doctor. He's a banker. Yeah. Um. Yeah. M- Mr. Jekyll. <laughs> and Hyde Esquire. Yep. Hyde Esquire. Um, and then it ends with them... Uh, her and her gal pal. Yeah, be- arm and arm. Yeah. I do think that that is every woman's actual fantasy. Um, to live with your best friend in a... In a partnership, a domestic partnership. Just gonna put that out there. Yeah, Just put it out there. <laughs> yeah. Ben, Ben, what, what's up? Is your take? Have you have you finished copy editing? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, all right, here, let me bring it up for you guys. Um, <clears throat> okay, ladies and gentlemen, the poet laureate, our finest film critic, a close personal friend of Dan Lewis. Here is Ben Hosley <laughs> on Paul Verhoeven's L. <clears throat> Uh, so the portrayal of disillusionment through the character of Michelle really resonates with me. Wow, this is um, laureate shit right here. I feel a kindred spirit with her character, and I surmise this is related to her being a loner. Mm-hmm. Uh, from her sense of humor to her manipulative nature, she relates to the world as me against it. But whereas Verhoeven's previous films are these satirical send-ups of story conventions, there's something about the black humor and unconventional nature that causes me to ultimately ultimately believe the tone or mood can best be described as punk rock. <laughs> that was that was phenomenal, Ben. Thanks. That was phenomenal. I think people feel like we use our finest film critic facetiously, but it's because once a year you do that. Every once in a while, yeah. Yes. Um, that made me want to ask a question of you guys, all of you guys. Okay. Do you feel like Michelle is the closest Verhoeven proxy that we've gotten mm. so no, far? To, I mean, I to thinking, himself? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking yes. through his other protagonists. I, I believe so. 
Okay. Certainly. I, well, you're thinking yeah. of the like when you think of the Hollywood movies, I would I would agree. Well, yeah, of the Hollywood movies, I think almost because I the, I haven't seen all those Dutch films. Perhaps there's you know yeah. um, more to that. I mean, uh, no, yeah. I I think she's. I think this movie is him imagining himself as a woman, how mm-hmm. he would have existed in the world as a woman, mm-hmm. and how differently he would have been viewed. And and in a the, lot of ways. the blaséness to like sexual violence mm-hmm. and and you know. Having coming at it from such a completely different angle because of something in your childhood, I think is the, the also, desensitization. Yeah. yeah. Can I can I say something, Ben? Yeah. Uh, when you said in your essay that it becomes a story of uh, uh, me against it. Yeah. Uh, what are you home again with Reese Witherspoon opened against it at the box office? <sighs> That's a great segue this. into. What are you? Uh, let's play the box office yeah, game. Yeah. What do you do? You think so too? Come home again, Emily. You posed the question. <laughs> Open number two behind it. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was wondering if anything else had come up to, against your guys. I mean, uh, honestly, I think Black Book is indulging a fantasy of sure. his. We didn't, yeah. uh, just you know, do an episode on that movie, but like in terms of like, his I feel like that's fascination his only with, other post Hollywood. Yeah. Picture that I've seen. It's He's only, only done two. Yeah. Wait, no, film, isn't there another one? There's one right. called Trick that was part of like a film class. It's like a bunch oh, of short okay. films that put thing together. Doesn't really count. It's yeah. more of an experiment than it is. Yeah. I don't think he considers it like a full proper Verhoeven film. Right. Right. Um, um, I mean, yeah, like I don't. Yeah, he's not identifying with Johnny Rico in the same no, way. Right, or right. Uh, no, I I think this is weirdly his most personal movie in terms of his relationship to the and well and the main character also we've talked about his hollywood years where he was so intent on like studying like american yeah. genre movies yeah. Yeah. and like cracking on, the code exactly finding the ways that he could smuggle ideas onto the big yeah screen uh without having a flesh and blood happen to him where basically he would yeah. give them the movie and they'd be like ew and he'd be like no no you don't <laughs> he's, also, he, he's not french <laughs> no no no, <laughs> no we, he's gold yeah. member yeah. that's our, ah. Uh, he, I love gold. It's his own skin. Yes. Um, I I think he mostly is interested in functioning as a cultural critic, mm-hmm. both of the cultures and the work that those cultures produce, and that doesn't leave a lot of space to like put yourself into the characters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes them good and stand yeah. out. I feel like too is that I feel like a lot of other. Filmmakers have more of a priority of putting mm-hmm. themselves or seeing themselves in their movies, right? Um, and he—that's n- like l- a lesser priority in, in a way that can become oftentimes solipsistic mm-hmm. as their careers go on. It's like every movie yeah. is the character come the, in the same perspective. But I think that also speaks to he uh, entrusted Uper more than he certainly has with any of his actors. Yeah. since Rucker Howard, Rucker Howard was a very different type of performer yeah. who wasn't going to be as vulnerable on screen. Um, I didn't know that thing about him not giving her any direction, but that's, I mean, that that reflects well on both yeah. of them, I think. She's yeah, I think it reflects super well on him. Because yeah. it's like, this yeah, conversation. Yeah, you're going to direct this lady on right. out of, yeah. Right. I'd be fucking like, afraid of directing like, her in anything. Like, like, oh, 100%. But also. But like, even any woman, though, I feel like to be like, no, that didn't quite read right, right. in how you uh, right. expressed your fear or, you know, annoyance or whatever, you know, like. And yeah. also, as we're getting into, like, this ongoing cultural conversation of, like, who gets to tell what stories, it's like, I think any person can direct any movie if you admit what you don't know and surround mm-hmm. yourself with the people and give them the chance mm-hmm. to offer offer them authorship in those areas, you know? Because, yeah. like, a director can just be a conductor. 
Yeah. It doesn't have to be the auteur and the author of everything. Yeah. You can go like, let me bring the right people who have the voices yeah. and put them all in the same pot. Yeah. Uh, I think it speaks very highly to him and and he, he got her an Oscar nomination. Yeah. Yeah. He, the yeah. first Oscar nomination he's gotten for an actor. Yeah. Uh, her first nomination at which you know, is decades which of is illustrious work. Yeah. She's been in Hollywood movies. I mean, not yeah. a lot, but so. yeah, she has. Uh, you like Starship Troopers, though? You just watch Starship Troopers. Troopers. You tweeted about it a lot. I just watched it uh, for the first time in a very long time. Uh, yeah, a, a week ago. I was just like, yeah, and that that is like, I feel like maybe the most classic example of him making a film as a critic. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, because it is, I mean, what what other movie is like an adaptation in that way? Like yeah. what other movie ad- adapts against its source material sure. like that? And I, I like I would die to see a movie like that today. I know from anything. Like you're like man, if someone could make like one of the Fifty Shades of Grey movies like that, you know? Yeah. Or make like a Harry Potter movie like that, or like whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like this Fifty Shades of movies might be a bad example because sure. I feel like I don't know. I feel like the the source material was never really taken seriously to begin with. But I think when you have something that so many people were so invested in and yeah. so um, enamored of. To uh, yeah, to to just like not not even make a joke of it, but like sh- expose it to be what it actually is, what you believe it is. You know what actually feels like a closer uh, analog when they were picking a director for the last two Twilight movies, and they went with Bill Condon, but the other two people they met with were. Do you remember this? No, Gus Van Sant <laughs> okay. and Sofia Coppola. <laughs> What? And both of them came in and were like, if you actually are offering me, this is what I do. And they mm-hmm. were like, yeah, too weird. Yeah. Sure. And both of them have spoken to their pitches and were like, look, I would have done it. I like Kristen Stewart a lot. Mm-hmm. If I could have done it through my prism. Yeah. Like there's interesting stuff there to talk about. Yeah. But they were like, we can't do something that isn't literally what the fans yeah. view the text as being. Oh, man. I mean, if you can imagine how people would react right like somebody did that with twilight yeah but twilight especially those Probably last true. two movies are like those are ripe for that yeah like those are some insanely like fucked up sexually like fucked yes. up attitudes oh, for yes. sexuality and yeah. like what it is to be a teenager i, I think <laughs> the last one is good i think the last the one last is the movie. one where condon gets closer than anyone else to it's the one with the big to, fight that this, turns out to be yes, not a real no, fight. Yeah. yeah, but it's yeah. also got a lot of really weird comedy in it. Can we play the box office? Yes, game? please. Uh, this movie opened at number. Let me even find it. Forty three. Okay. On two screens on November eleventh, twenty sixteen. Does that count? How do you? you yeah. How, with a movie like L, like there's it's no top real amount of screens in in um America. Was two hundred and nine yeah. in January. Essentially, if it never goes over a thousand, we do the literal opening weekend. And if it went that wide later, we do that weekend. Yeah, it basically went wide after the Oscar nominations, mm-hmm. like quote, quote unquote wide. It added one hundred and seventy theaters. Yeah, right. and then immediately shrunk back down the next week. And <laughs> then too wide, too wide. Oh, right, sorry. and sorry, then it everybody. did it again. <laughs> it did it again in February. My guess is after the ceremony. I. Th- and then sh- immediately yeah. shrunk back down again. Uh, huh. What was the final total domestically? $2.3 million. Yeah. Fine. That's about right. Uh, <laughs> I believe it made about 15 worldwide. Yeah. Which was more than its budget. Mm-hmm. Number one at the box office is a Marvel movie. 
Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange. Oh, oh l'étrange. Oh. L'étrange. Quel change. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Parallel universe. Bonjour. Le jour, c'est strange. So sorry, Mike. Uh, yeah, Doctor Strange. I think that movie's fine. I, I do too. Know. I actually kind of weirdly like that movie more with time. I don't mind the Marvel movies that are just doing their own thing. <laughs> I, I, that movie is garbage. I'm sorry. I, 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 you don't like the Marvel fun. movies. I don't like the Marvel yeah. movies, but and I I like the visual thing that everybody that else likes about way. those. But you know what? I also like have the memory of that being the last movie I saw in the theaters before the election. So sure, yes, like, uh, that is that's accurate. And I think I spent the last day before the election writing my piece, thinking about, about Doc Strange. So that's yeah. exactly where my head was sure and then you know what, what yeah I, I think it's a deeply flawed movie like i think it, it has some fundamental story problems and i think they try way too hard to make bandit cumberbatch downey jr like yeah. they should just not even try to give him quippy one-liners that's not yeah. what you hire him to do but well, the yeah. visuals he does quippy one-liners he's fine though. i think he's pretty good he's, a, he could he's do doing sherlock he's yeah. doing sherlock he's but doing he's the i'm smarter an, than you guy he's also sure. trying to be like a rich asshole though and i think right. like those two things do not mesh well the, you can't be a quirkster and be that. i agree with well because the origin of doctor strange is so silly where it's right. like he's a doctor he's so rich but Stupid. also he hurts his hand i cannot believe yeah. you guys and your fucking little baby books and how much money they fucking make because this movie was dumb as hell i'm sorry baby books Coming for us, Love our baby my Hey man, the early Doctor Strange, that's like foundational psychedelic literature of the 60s, man. That stuff is so good. The Jack Kirby shit, it's so good. Foundational? I, yes, absolutely. Back me up. Yes, agreed. Yes. Doctor I'll Strange was huge this. influence, like the, the way it was drawn, especially. I'll say this. If those are baby books, then slap a diaper on me. Ba-ba-goo-goo. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm out. <laughs> Gaga. All right, I pull it out. I pull it out. I pull Give it out me out my Kobos. Pull it out of this right now. <laughs> Give me my Kobos. Doctor Strange. Strange Tales, 1963. Fucking rules. Yeah, okay, cool. That stuff is crazy. Um, the movie is fine. Yeah. Uh, number two is an animated. Also, also by the way... If any of our blankies attack Emily for calling them baby books, oh, shut the, yeah, we're literally going to murder you. <laughs> we'll go <laughs> ill on your They ass. are dumb baby books. If you tweeted Emily, I'm going axe shopping. That's all I'm promising you. <laughs> She's fine. Spray. Emily, Emily's, uh, Emily's hardcore. <laughs> uh, number two is an animated film Richard, written and directed by Richard Lawson. Uh, trolls. <laughs> trolls. Yes. Oh, it's trolls. His trolls. Um, shout out to uh, Richard Lawson. Shout trolls. out to Rylaw's trolls. Yeah. Uh, in its second weekend, it's made ninety three million dollars. His trolls Total. did well. Yeah, his trolls did okay. Uh, I think his trolls got greenlit for a sequel. I don't know. It made one fifty three on a one twenty five million dollar budget, right. which is a but, lot of money for Richard Lawson, who is a first time filmmaker. A lot of merchandising. I know that yeah. that movie is and like you stop the feeling. But, yeah. You can't stop you the can't feeling. I was about to say we tried very hard and we couldn't. We tried in vain. We lost a great many men that day. <laughs> Number three is, I believe, and I forgot that this movie just went wide. Uh -huh. Number three is uh, what I was pretty, what I'm pretty sure was Emily's number one film of the year for 2016. 2016. 2016. Emily's number one film of the year. Do you think you know what it is? I think I know. It might. I'll give you another hint. If it is what I think it is, also a terrible movie to see in Alamo Draft House. Also mm, a terrible movie to see. At I the think Alamo. this is. I don't know. What I draft house. It just went wide. It had been it, limited. It no, it opened wide. Oh. I forgot that it opened wide. You thought it had planned. It was like an Oscar contend. You know, got a bunch of Oscar nominations. Wait, yeah, it's not it what you think it is. It's not. Never mind. Yeah. No. Did it win any? Mm, I don't think it did. Because no. that yes, movie it won came out one. the next week. Um, uh, maybe it wasn't your number one then, but we're it won sound editing. 
Great sound. Is it a music-based film? I'm trying to think of things that win sound awards. No, it is about a language. What? Emily doesn't even know what this is. No, okay, so I know what it is now, but that, I don't, I feel like that, wait, what, what weekend was this again? November 11th, 2016. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know what it is. Why am I blanking on this? Should I this was be right honest? the first Best time. Picture nominee. It was a best. It, yeah, not a great movie to see at the Alamo, in my opinion. No, it's a terrible movie yeah, to see yeah. at the Alamo. I, I, when you said that, I was like, yeah, that lines up. Yeah. Oh, Arrival? Yes. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course. I of believe course. I did see it at the Alamo. Yeah. I saw it at least three times. Yeah. Yeah. Great film. Am I correct that it was your number one of it 2016? It was my number one of 2016. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Great film. Great in film. Uh, a great film in a great year, 2016 was a better movie year than 2017. Uh, I agree. That out there. No, if I agree with that, I, I like 2017. I just feel like it was more of a consensus year where like everyone kind of agreed on the same big movies. But maybe you mean I'm wrong. 2017 or 2017? Really? Because I feel like 2017 is like a lot. Like 2017 has yeah. got a lot of like B pluses and A minuses. I know, but I, I just feel like a lot of people basically liked like Lady Bird, Call Me by Your Name, right, The Florida right, right. Project, yeah. and like then but maybe Dunkirk. Of, you know, I mean, that's a lot of consensus. Like a yeah. lot of people had those four movies in their top two. Yeah. 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 And like that's not usually how this, sh- and then maybe Phantom Threat as well, like right, you know, which sure. is a, a later bloomer. But I need to see that again. Maybe. I think fan- yeah. I think twenty seventeen was an awesome year. It's a good year. Movies. I'm not saying it's a bad yeah. year, but I when I think of the movies that came out in twenty sixteen, sixteen felt really strong. I want to look at my sixteen. Um, yeah, I was very Moonlight, Arrival, Handmaiden. I mean, twenty sixteen Moonlight L. That's good. It had Moonlight. Yeah. It had yeah, Handmaiden. It had L. It had Arrival. It had yeah. fucking Green Room. It the had witch. The Witch. Mm. It had The Love Witch. Mm. It had yeah, it was 20th a good year. century women. Right. Uh, Sully. 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 There we go. 2016 Birds. was a better year. Uh, <laughs> and uh, number four uh, is um, a comedy, a Christmas comedy coming out in November. Big family comedy. Does Santa Claus appear in the cast? Mm, I don't think so. No Santa Claus. So it's a Christmas. It's is, like a, is, is it a, a fuck? Um, uh, what's it called? Not almost Christmas. You just, it is that? It's almost Christmas. It's almost yes. Christmas. Uh, which I never saw. I didn't either. Danny Glover's called, in it. It's almost Christmas. It's called yeah. Almost Christmas. Romani Malco. Yeah. Monique, it's uh, got Monique. like 45 people above the title. Yeah. Gabrielle Union, JB Smoove, Kimberly yeah. Elise, Omar Epps. It's got it's got it's got a stacked cast, yeah. actually. I'm actually surprised I've never seen that. Um I like Christmas movies. It's got like uh John Michael Higgins is like, you know, the tight wad. Oh <laughs> boy. Uh Bad Zoo Boy himself. Bad Zoo Boy, the original Bad Zoo Boy. And then number five <laughs> is a war film. And not a war horse film. No, there weren't a lot of horses in that I can remember. Hmm. You know, the beginning of this movie is kind of war horsey, actually. Again, it's kind of war horsey. Yeah. It's a war film. It's a really intense movie. It's a really intense movie. Also a Best Picture nominee. It's incredible how much my brain just melts away. Mm -hmm. I just have no idea. This was a year ago. I also, here's another thing I felt watching this movie, knowing that like I saw it for the first time a year ago. This last year has been so fucking long just because of the amount of shit. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of stuff that like takes up occupation yes. in your brain where other stuff that you'd like to remember perhaps more fondly and with more detail and specificity has been pushed out of the way right. just by, you know. We're recording force. this in January and it's like <clears throat> we're talking a movie that came out like 13, 14 months ago and it feels like five years ago. Yeah. Um, it's a war film, so I probably didn't like it very much, right? I don't even know if you saw this I film. remember what war in Oh, films- oh it's Hexar Ridge. Oh. A Mel Gibson's Hexar Ridge. Which you told me not to see because I wouldn't like it. I did. Yeah, I saw it. 
I didn't like yeah. it very much. <laughs> Did you see it in the theater? No, I watched it on a screener. Um, I, I take terrible my, movie to watch on a screener. Terrible film to watch on a screener. I take yeah. my responsibilities as a SAG voter very seriously. And I Fair. Andy, Andy G was nominated. Yeah. All right. Didn't vote for him. So that was number one? Uh, ye, that was number five. Number Arrival five. was number yeah. one. Arrival, no, no, no. Doctor oh, Strange. Oh, Doctor Strange. Right. Arrival opens yes. number three at twenty-four million. Almost Christmas opens number four at fifteen, yeah. and then number five is Hacksaw Ridge, which was not as nearly as big a hit. Arrival is kind of Ben's got a remote. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Ben. Okay, cool. When, Got it. But when Ben wants the podcast to end, he turns off a TV which has a picture has of a us picture. on it. <laughs> All right, he wants it over. So this you don't is think, like what is this click? You don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that's it. That's it. We're done. Oh, thank you so much for thank listening. You, thank you, Paul Verhoeven, for making all these lovely movies. Do we want to do Ver- Verhoeven rankings? Oh, dear. I've got I've got my rankings. I got mine ready. Uh, I've got my main rankings of the movies we discussed. Exactly. So not yeah. covering the things. Yeah, yeah. Right. right I want to hear your rankings. Okay, ready. Sure, you go first. Yeah. Number one, Robert Cobb. <clears throat> yeah, you like that one. Number two, Starship Troopers. Number three, L. Mm. Number four, Total Recall, then Basic Instinct, then Showgirls, Flesh and Blood, Hollow Man in last place. But you like everything but Hollow Man, basically. I like Hollow Man. And, uh, yeah, right, right. But right. Hollow Man's more of a We'd be like lucky if, if most filmmakers' least interesting films were Hollow Man. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's my ranking. Uh, mine would be number one, Starship Troopers, mm-hmm. with a bullet, with a bug. <laughs> yeah. Number two, Robocop. Because I'll say number one for me, Robocop with a bullet, but the bullet comes out of a gun that was stored in my leg. Okay. Uh, number two, Robocop. Number three, <laughs> L. I think... Number four, Total Recall. Mm. Number five, Showgirls. You guys are so similar. I know. Yeah, well, you know, it's only eight movies. Number six, Basic Instinct. Number seven, Flesh and Blood. Number eight, Hollow Man. I'm not sure with Total Recall and L. Those are are close. They're entirely different movies. L's definitely my three. It's more about Total Recall and Basic Instinct. But I think, I just love the the fucking effects and Total Recall so much. Oh, Total Recall rules. Yeah. Uh, Showgirls rules. Basic Instinct's a movie I more admire than love. I love Showgirls more than I love Basic Instinct. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you feel, Emily? Um, I, she, I, I think I, I, I. What's your fave? What's my fave it's, of those eight? Starship. Well, Starship, I haven't rewatched as much. Mm-hmm. I had just seen it like a while ago, and then I watched it again more, most recently, and was completely like enamored of it. But I've definitely rewatched RoboCop more, and I feel like RoboCop would probably be at my top. Um, right. and then probably, cool. and then. Yeah, probably. I think what I would do is like Total Recall wouldn't be up there as much for sure. me. I think it would go. And do not. I'm, I'm totally yeah, making nope, this up. Okay, so so it would be it would be RoboCop, um, Starship Troopers, um, um, L. Um, I think it would be Basic Instinct and then Showgirls, and then Total Recall. And I haven't seen Hollow Man, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, have you seen Flesh and Blood? No, I haven't seen mm. that either. I haven't oh, seen yeah, the, the, the yeah. Oh, and no, I want I want to watch it. Though. It's on Amazon. <laughs> I think it's worth watching. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ben's number one Verhoeven, of course, is Spanglish. Ben's new favorite movie because here we are announcing oh, our next right. miniseries. Yes. <laughs> Crack of the bat, and it's gone, and it's up and out of here. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, next up, we are covering the films of James L. Brooks. That's right. What? Old yes. Canyon Jim himself. Old Canyon Jim. 
in a miniseries that is, of course, titled... Don't you say it. Don't you do it. As Pot as a Cast. No, it's called it's called Podcast <laughs> yes, News. Of course it's called Podcast News. And get ready for Everyone us to fight agrees. about it every episode. Of course it's Podcast News. Well... Come on. It's podcast news, as has been uh, fully decided upon. Emily, you say, of course, and to that I ask, how do you know? <laughs> okay. All right. It's yeah. podcast news, guys. And yes, get get ready for that. Uh, um, this explains a tweet that you responded to a tweet of mine recently with. So if anybody wants to dig back in the Twitter archives to mm. January 8th or so. A simpler time. Um. Yeah. What, what, what did I say? I can't remember. Because I just did a random tweet about how much I liked the band Broadcast. Oh, yeah. And, and then like, you yeah, responded, what about Broadcast News? And now it all makes sense. <laughs> try, in try Broadcast News. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, about, what about that one? You hear about that one? <laughs> Uh, David, let's address the elephant in the room. Oh, there's an elephant. Ben, everyone's hey, been getting hey, in today. Hey, 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 no bits. No bits, press mats, right, okay? Sorry, sorry. This is a little bit of an anniversary. Um, That's actually, that's that's exciting. That's true. 150th episode right here. Yeah. Okay? You know how for our 100th episode we did Blank Check, the yes. movie? And for our 150th episode we did L. <laughs> but next week we got kind of like a bonus present. That is true. As a reward to our listeners and also just because the scheduling lined up really nicely, yes. we have a special episode next week. So, you know, we've done these Ben's choices in the past sure. and we thought we'd hand someone else the check to pick a movie. Done some fam choices. Right. We got a, a man we both are, are big fans of. Mm-hmm. A comedian, a, a, an actor, a writer, a, a movie podcaster in his own right. Who I dare say I've been like listening to for 10 years, probably. I've, I've been seeing him. I remember going to see him at UCB when I was 13 years old. Helped invent this GD medium of ours. Mm -hmm, this GD yeah. medium. Uh, the the man, uh, the, how did this get Mater himself? Yeah. Mater. Mater. What? Wow. Uh, Paul, Paul Shear. Paul Shear. Next Genuinely week. exciting. Paul Shear likes our show, wanted to be on it, did an episode with right. us. Right. And it's his choice, and he picked the movie Running Scared. That's right. Starring Gregory Hines? And Billy Crystal. Cops? Bill Crystal. In Chicago? Yes, In sir. the 80s? Yes. There's a chase scene on the L? And a 15 minute vacation montage. <laughs> Billy Crystal's hot in it? Billy Crystal's uh, Billy really Crystal hot. Is, spoilers. Uh, That's spoilers. Smoking. He's smoking hot in that movie, though. And uh, he's also, I think, probably smoking a cigarette or two of them, but yeah, I can't remember. It was the 80s. Uh, but tune in for that. Running Scared next week. That's right. Uh, watch Running Scared, which, by the way, Completely rules. Yeah, it rules. Uh, and it, we had a blast. Yeah, it rocks and rolls. <laughs> then listen to that episode. But before we get to our James L. Brooks miniseries. But, that's right. But, you know, we're giving you a gift. We're giving okay. you this bonus Paul Shear episode. Yes. You could repay the favor. Mm -hmm. 150, here's all I want, you know, to commemorate this, this milestone. Okay. I want to be number one within our subsection, which is TV slash film. Yeah. I'd like to be number one. I'd like to topple all those recap shows for one week. Take that. Eight Westworld podcasts. Right. Designated that pod viver. A, a the show. weird amount of podcasts about billions. Right, right, right. <laughs> Come on. What? Give us one week where we get to take on big billions. <laughs> Does Designated Survivor have a few? That was the joke I was making. I know. I was I was finishing your joke. Probably everything does other than the tick. Yeah, we want to be... A <laughs> do, do you want to do a tick podcast? No, I okay, don't want to watch the episodes. I hate my face. I, I really enjoyed them, actually. I, yeah, I, they're good. I just... I'm self-conscious. Mm -hmm. So, please, do me a kindness. And me. And Ben. Yes, please. Yes, please. For 150, we want to be number one. Mm -hmm. How can you make that happen? One, recommend the show to some people. Sure. Try, try Word get, of mouth? Try to get one ever hear of it? person into blank check this week. Okay? 
Uh-huh. Number two, and maybe you've heard me mention this before. Rate, review, subscribe. But we, you know, we always say that, and we appreciate that people have. And sometimes it just sounds but, like lip know, service. I, I know it's, it's an ask, but all you got to do is go to iTunes, mm-hmm. give us a rating. Yeah. Five stars preferred. Yeah. We love five uh, stars. And if you give a zero, you're a Sith Lord and you can't listen to the and show. And just write a review. doesn't have to be long. doesn't have to be clever. doesn't have to be, like, you know, complicated. Hey, just, I'll, no. I'll even put this out there. Yeah. It could be a bit. Ooh. It could be a now, bit. Now, usually, no bits. Yeah. Right. But to be fair, to spoil something about running scared. It's got some good bits. It's also got some Smiths. <laughs> it's got some Smiths. We're uh, giving you a Smiths episode next week. So maybe just. Give us a bit or two. Write a bit on iTunes. You can write literally anything you want. You can rate us anything you want as long as it's five stars. <laughs> and, and, and just. You could just say I'm. You know, pro bits. So let me, let me, I'm, I'm anti right. bits per Smith. Let me so. set some goals right now, okay? 150, we want to be number one on the chart. Yeah. We currently have 214 reviews, 547 ratings. I want to fucking double that. Wow. I want 500 reviews, 1,000 ratings. Damn. In the right. words of Chris Gather, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose well. Uh, I agree. I think that would be good, wouldn't it, Ben? I mean, that that would be a real bump. Yeah, it would really help the show. You sure. know what? Not big enough. I'm taking it back. One thousand reviews, five thousand ratings. All right, shoot for the stars, Ben. Right. There, uh, but no, seriously, we want a blank check bump. Hashtag it, blank check bump. Yeah. Oh, and hashtag too. Uh, yeah. Blank check bump on any social media platform. Whether or not it's about blank we're gunning for, for it, this and week. this is serious. I'm not messing around. We want this. I want to be. Number we got one. a big episode coming up. You guys have been supporting us for years. Yeah, this is a weird little show we do where we talk about movies for way too long, and our producer gets mad at us. And you guys like it for whatever reason. Uh huh. And that rules. So let's finally, like, you know, make some some noise, right? Because this does make a difference. Let's it, bring it, in the noise. Bring in the funk. I'll say this: you doing these things that sound kind of obligatory actually help put our show on the map. It gives us. Increased visibility on Apple Podcasts, you know? Right. Uh, these things these things matter. Yeah. So once again, we're gunning for 15,000 reviews and 1 million ratings. <laughs> Thank you. But and we want to be the number one could, podcast on all of Apple Podcasts. But if we could double, like Griff said, if we could, that would be yeah, genuinely sure, sure. incredible for okay. the show. If we could do 500, 500 1,000. reviews, 1,000 ratings, that would be crazy. But also if we could be the number one podcast episode in history. Right, if we great. could beat the ratings of a peak American Idol, yes. like Justin Guarini, right. American we Idol. We want... Uh, Bo Bice. Right, we want like a 17 share. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great too. But anyway. Uh, Hashtag bump blank check. No, blank check bump. Hashtag blank bump check. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but podcast news coming up. All right. Yeah. We're cool. done. As positive. Thank you thank for joining you us. Uh, uh, we drag you into the studio all the time, Emily. We love <laughs> having you. It's my second you. home. Now I finally remembered how to get here without looking yeah. up on the map. So yeah. hey, uh, five timer, and and so happy to uh, to you. to have you in the the audio boom family. Yes. Thank you. Yes. How great is it being produced by this guy? It's amazing. Right? It's a dream. We've done so many podcasts at this point. Uh, yeah, they've all been produced incredibly. Yeah. And it's okay. a dream. Wow, thanks, guys. Super crispy. Good boy. Um, so thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Go to blankies.reddit.com for some real nerdy shit. Thanks to Ange Fergudo for our social media, Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for our artwork, Lane Montgomery for our theme song. And 
And as always. Euh, 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 euh,